up and over podcast a professional wrestling podcast where a bunch of marks discuss pro wrestling where none of our opinions matter and it's all a work anyway firstly let me introduce the eclectic duo from wilmington north carolina firstly big papa c Cortland. what's up next to him we have our pinball enthusiast patty mills yes 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 it is i once again our carbonated water chugging cadillac cowboy the champion of the up and over podcast Big Ethan. How's it going, everybody? The lifeblood of the Up and Over podcast. The man behind it all. Casey El Gordo Gringo. I'm I'm just going to ask to go before Ethan now, because he keeps doing weird shit, and I, I don't know what to say afterwards. <laughs> Put me on last, my man. My man's showing a whole Twix ice cream bar, and I'm like, how am I supposed, what am I supposed to say now? <laughs> Um, dude, I don't have anything good this week. Uh, I tried to convince Ethan to let me fix up his iMac. He wouldn't let me do it, so now we're still on his phone. Uh, you don't know how hard it is being Mike Klinsky? Oh, what? that's cheap. That's, <laughs> that's cheap. <laughs> Fellas, do we have anything in the week of professional wrestling that we wanted to dive into? Ooh. Yo. Four, C6. Oh. C6. A circle six oh, yeah, event. C6. Circle oh, yeah. six. Yeah. Circle six. Uh, steward yeah. happened, and it was um, I don't know. I watched two grown cool. men literally beat the shit out of each other. So that was cool with Biff Busick, Brody yeah. King. Yes, that was awesome. But uh, maybe not using Twitch for a <laughs> they had death match. They had the best intentions. And unfortunately, just a combination of, like, not having the bandwidth to support the stream to begin with, and then internet trolls deciding to fucking mass report them when their fucking deathmatch started, didn't really work out. They'll get it figured out. They'll get it figured out. I mean, they're starting up. I mean, it's better than PWG. They don't even stream. Their DVDs are out six months like we live in the goddamn Stone Age. Thanks, Super Dragon. 
Yeah, at thanks. least Circle Six tried. Yeah, know? that's what I'm like. I'm not mad at them for the attempt of it. Like it was a little rough to get through because of how many start and stops there were and bits of matches yeah. you missed. But like they tried, it didn't yeah. fucking work ultimately. But like they're the they're the first to be like, hey, like we gave it a shot just so everyone knows. No death matches on Twitch. Facebook yeah, don't do that. Facebook didn't give a fuck. You get to you get to see the whole Koger <laughs> match on there. No one gave a shit. So yeah. Zuck is just like kill each other. I don't give a fuck. Like, nah, give shit. Um, Jeff Bezos said, "Not today. You're not paying me enough money." No, no. Uh, Ethan, before I dive into what we're tackling today, I just need to know how bad is your heartburn currently after drinking that sparkling liquid death and eating a Snickers ice cream bar? I just need to know. It doesn't he, exist, buddy. Man, he didn't it eat it. He inhaled that goddamn I, ice cream bar. No, see, I had bop, a bop, bar. Bop. I had the Snicker bar, the Twix. I'm still waiting to mute my mic when y'all start jabbering about. Shit I don't I want care you to about. mute it. I want it to be. I want everybody to hear the crinkling and know preemptively that it's Ethan eating a Twix bar. I, that's no, I'm gonna I mute. I'm gonna jabbering about shit. Video. If you want to see me, if you want to see me down this Twix, watch the YouTube stream and comment, like, subscribe. I love that. Before we get into today, we obviously have the UpAndOverPodcast.com where you can buy all of our merchandise. You have mugs, you have shirts, hats, shorts, um, hopefully Pit Viper soon. I'm still holding out hope, Casey. Uh, <laughs> UpAndOverPodcast.com for all your Up and Over merchandise. If you're listening on Spotify or on Apple Music, or Apple Podcast, not Apple Music, uh, please leave a five-star rating. Tell me that, uh, I don't know, I suck, you love Casey Van Sickle. I guess that's the best thing you could do. Um... <laughs> Tell your friends about it. Share the podcast. Uh, if you're on YouTube, like Ethan said, like, comment, subscribe, all that fun, boring stuff. Fellas, today we have New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion from 2018 at the Osaka Joe Hall in Osaka, Japan. 11,832 in attendance. And uh, there's not really anything that I needed to dive into to really start this thing off. Our first match of the night, we had Suzuki Goon who was uh, represented by El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, your champions, taking on Rapungi 3K, Yo and Show with Rocky Romero in their corner uh, for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. Um, this was a blast. Rapungi 3K worked from behind for a little bit, and Despi looked like a powerhouse against Yo, which I thought was interesting considering uh, what Despi is. Like, El Desperado is just a psychopath of a human. Um yes. When this got going, though, Sho and Yo really showed that they were the future of the like the juniors in New Japan, and I love that. Um, Sho hits like a last ride lung blower on El Desperado, and it made me sit up out of my seat like the Undertaker. Um, Bro, this is the take. opening match. They pulled that shit out. And I was like, "What Dude. the fuck?" Like, oh wow! <laughs> um, Suzuki Goon cheat and catch a quick pinfall on Sho, retaining the titles. This was a great opener. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Hit on everything it needed to, and uh, I went three stars flat. We're going to start today with Ethan. What'd you go today, bud? <clears throat> I went three flat as well. Um, this is just an interesting one to watch. I love El Desperado. Um, this is before he became what he is now, uh, which is arguably one of the sleeper best wrestlers in the world, most consistent. Um, Rapungi 3K, it's just, once again, this whole match to me was just wild looking back. I mean, it was four years ago, but like now, you know, Shows being wasted away in House of Torture. Yo is still in chaos, but Despy's really the one who emerged from this whole thing as the star, which I never would have guessed because he never stood out to me um, until the pandemic when he got that singles run in the juniors tournament. Um, 
But looking back now, it makes me enjoy stuff more than I did initially because uh, when I watched this initially, it was a good opener, but I was like, I wasn't like invested in any of these guys. But looking back at it now, like I love this match. So good shit. Three stars from me. Um, Rapongi. Cortland. Uh, I gave it three stars as well. It's a solid opener. I uh, enjoyed they got outside really quick. They did a lot of good. Uh, like, there's, it's chaos in a tag match. Uh, there's a lot we're going to get into. There's a lot of tag matches on this card. Um, so I'm glad this one went first when you got the whole list of other shit that's just supposed to, like, build and build and build and build. Um, but there's a lot of fun here. I mean, they got a really good heel finish, which, you know, I'm going to enjoy it, so... Uh, it's three stars, solid opener, didn't overstay its welcome. I just went through, I didn't realize how many tag matches there are. <laughs> so many. There's a ton. It's like the, it's like the whole I'm card. Sure like the first four matches are tag matches. It's first sick. Two tag, tag, yeah. tag. That's well, every New Japan it's, show. It's almost. three tag matches in a, a row, and then you get a triple threat, and then you get another tag match. <laughs> That's why if we ever cover any of the G1 shows, we just have to only watch the tournament matches because they have like five tags to open every fucking Yeah, and show. it's always like six mans open the show. It's just – it's a it's wild. It's a lot. It's wild. Uh, Pat, we're staying in the house, bud. What uh, would you go here? I went three flat as well. Um, great opener. It was a really good opening match. I'm a little spoiler alert for myself. This is actually the first full New Japan pay-per-view I've ever watched. So oh. – it was cool to watch this as an opener match. This fucking pay-per-view was insane. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, I like the whole... I don't even really know what the fucking say to add to the, like, this shit. Like, this is good, man. Really seamless tag team match. There's a lot of, like, spots. I like the, them stealing the victory at the end. Like, the fucking referee spots and shit. Like, it was good, man. Real solid Who would you shit. prefer? As someone who's never really seen any of the, either of these teams before. Suzuki Goon. El Desperado oh, yeah. murdered that shit, dude. Dude, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's the god. And of course, we're going to pass this off to Casey. In a high-pressure situation, first match on the card. Oh, dog, we're, uh, we're getting three stars. This oh, let's go. Across the let's board, go. dog. I was, I was blown away by this being the opening match. Um, my favorite part... We're agreeing now. We're saved the disagreements for later. Oh, absolutely. Right. My favorite part is that uh, Rapongi gets kind of like jumped off the, off, off the start, so we don't get the official annou- announcement of each team from the the main Japanese announcer, and he doesn't give two fucks. He still does the announcement while they're fighting. He's like, I'm getting my shit in. This is what I'm here for. (laughs) Um, The other, my favorite part that, like, that happened besides that fucking, that lung blower was show gets, like, thrown into, like, a row of fucking chairs, and then this kid in the background has a Suzuki gun flag, and he's hovering over show. And he's like, ah, and he fucking grabs that shit out of his hand. He was like, fuck you, man. That shit on my face. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, it was just like the best moment because it was like, you know, the kid's like, ah, Suzuki gun. He's like, fuck you, that shit hurt. Like, but yeah, this is, this is a good way to start this. I'm so excited to fight with uh, Ethan in a little bit. Oh, we're not far away. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just, it was a great opener. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm glad that we all agree. Moving on, we had another tag match. You're going to find that that's the uh, theme. theme. The um, we had Finn Juice, Juice Robinson, and David Finley versus Switchblade, Jay White, and Yoshihashi. Um, Pat, 
You know who Juice Robinson is, right? Yes, I do. I, I do okay. know who Juice Robinson. Is. Okay, making sure that you know who the former C.J. Parker is. Got yeah, it. I was going to say C.J. Parker. Yeah, yes. yeah, brother. Yeah, the man who broke Kevin Owens' nose on his debut. No, but just <laughs> casual. Um, <laughs> Yoshihashi and David Finley just kind of found their way in the middle of this feud between Juice and Switchblade, um, and this was fun for what it intended to do, and that was to legitimize. Juice Robinson is the uh, the contender for the IWGP United States Championship. Thought it was great. It did what it needed to do. Um, Jay White's snap Saito suplexes are disgusting looking in this. I think he hits two or three, and I'm just like, ugh. And that becomes a theme for me, too. There's a lot of disgusting and nasty things that I saw in this. Um, <laughs> the theme is, ugh. <laughs> misery. There's a, uh, a dual cannonball that Juice hits on Yoshihashi and Jay White oh. where... Jay's sitting in Jay the White's corner. Jay White's in the tree of woe. Yeah, Jay White's no, in the tree of woe. Yoshihashi's in the tree of woe. Yeah, Jay's in the corner, and then uh, they put Yoshihashi in the tree of woe, and I was like, is he going to do what I think he's going to do? And yeah, then and he, he does he, a cannonball. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> he didn't jump, like, early. He fucking waited. No, just, it's it's I mean, my, my favorite part is I had to go back, and I watched Jay get into position, and even him trying to get into position, he's, he's like, this is going to fucking hurt. He's like, ah! he's like, this is going to hurt, and he just gets hit with the whole the whole impact. It's fucking hilarious. Um, Juice hits a nasty pulp friction on, uh, on Jay White and pins the United States champion, um, which was huge. So your winners are Finn Juice. Uh, post-match, he poses with the championship before throwing it onto a fallen switchblade. I didn't Class. write it down, but Don Callis said something like, that That championship weighs 15 or 16 pounds, yeah, and he, he dropped it right it. on Jay White's crotch. I just thought it was like a weird comment to make. <laughs> um, and Don Callis Dude, is a weirdo Don makes so many comments tonight. Like, it, it <laughs> is wild. fucking funny, dude. It's just great because, um, like, he's like, it's not like he doesn't, Add to the matches per se. He just says shit that comes to his mind. That's all he does the entire time. Where he's just like, "That belt's kind of heavy. It's I not yours." Say, I, wish, I wish he was still on the New Japan English commentary. That's fucking team. great. Yeah. Oh, God, we won't talk about that, Ethan. Let's not. Yeah, we're not. I'm not. <laughs> uh, I went two and three quarters. I thought it was great. It was fun. Um, it did what it needed to do. Uh, Cortland, let's start with you. I went two and three quarters as well, Mike. I enjoyed this match. I'm not a huge uh, Juice Robinson fan uh, in this match particularly, uh, mostly because of like the crowd work just like got over-repetitive for me. Um, I love the unprettier finish. I think the switchblade and then like just a super solid right punch getting you to that finish like really sold the crowd well. It was very surprising. Um, I'm not a big fan of a challenger grabbing a championship belt and taunting with it. I can, of course, I'm like one of those like old school dudes that always says like, if you, if you haven't earned the championship, you don't touch it. And then there's other people that say like, if you touch a championship that you're challenging for, it's bad luck. So like, there's both I, sides of that. And I the, think the way he's... he went about it was just kind of like, uh, and I'm I... sure they wanted you to do it, but like, it just, it just didn't I... sit well. I think he went too long with it. It's like the yeah, main problem. Because he, went, like, he, he grabbed it. Yeah, he grabbed yeah, it. Went to two different turnbuckles. Like, it's a lot. Bro, he, yeah, he stepped on him and then went to the other turnbuckle. <laughs> yeah. And the ref is still waiting to hold his hand up. He's like, dude, 
even the crowd even the crowd is kind of like all right fuck face like let's move on now like if it was like he grabbed it and like kind of stood over jay and then like dropped on him I think it would have been perfect, but like I feel like that whole exchange kind of took away from the actual match because I'm like, dude, like we've got seven yeah. more tag matches to get through. Let's fucking speed this up, dog. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing. It's like this match isn't that long, but it kind of feels long. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this is me sounding like Casey here. I could not see past Robinson's pants. It was just so much that I was like, dude. Like anything else would have sufficed. Like anything else would have made this look better. But you know, Ethan, two and three quarters. I'm not eating alive. How long was Juice in New Japan at this point? Do you know? Um, he had a, a title reign. No, did he? No, he he hadn't won the title yet. He wins the title. Um, Spoilers. I think in San Francisco on that next show because Jay yeah, White's dude, the, sec- Jay White's the second that. ever champion. I think he went to that New Japan show forever ago, and it was after that because he was the champion when he was in the United States. So that's weird. Um, And Juice, I think he had only – I feel like 2018 was his first calendar year, maybe late 2017. Maybe so I feel like I feel like especially at the at the start like I know he's still pretty flamboyant with like his everything that he like on uh, his attire but I feel like at that time he was like kind of way over the fucking top with some of the stuff he was picking. The thing is, is like I, I mentioned that whenever I get whenever we shift over to me, but like he was on the. Did you find it, Mike? Uh, go ahead, dude. You're fine. Oh, okay. Um, whenever th- this was Juice Robinson on the cusp of the best run he ever had. Because he he beats Jay for the title, and he has some really good matches with uh, Moxley, and the match with Jay is really good. Like I don't care about Juice Robinson nowadays, but his run in the G one after this and the twenty nineteen G one was really good. Hmm. Oh, one I wanted to say is that David Finley being in New Japan is so cool, and people always just being like, "Hey, man, when are you gonna go here? When are you gonna go to America?" And he's like, "I'm happy as hell." Dude loves it. He has a great time there. Having a and great that's... time, like I'm with friends, I make money, I get a good schedule, I get to fucking sleep, like I get to pick what I want to do. So like, it's really cool to see him there, like thriving, and he's like genuinely happy wrestling in Japan. So that's really cool. Yeah. I think, and that was one of the other things I was going to throw in. Jay White and David Finley worked those Young Lions matches to open the cards for like two years before this, you know. So it was always cool seeing them still pop up on the opposite side of one another. Yeah, Juice was it. also a young lion from 2015 to 2016. Hmm. Oh, okay. And his first calendar year, like as Juice Robinson, like on the roster and not a like young lion, 2017. Okay, cool. Oh yeah, you were right um, there. M- move right over to Pat. I actually went three and a quarter on this match. Um, oh yeah, I fucking enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Um, I will say. Juice, it was you know I fuck with Juice Robinson. I fucked with Juice Robinson. I don't even watch his shit anymore. But um, he was doing a little a lot with the fucking pandering to the crowd shit. But it kind of like sold the match for me. I don't know. I liked it. Jay White was fucking on point too with just his tag team action, the distractions to the referee, what he would He's do. So good. Was it was just it was really really good shit. Um, and you know me and Cortland were kind of geeking about David Finley just being in this match earlier, just like. Just him being you just forget. Yeah, that, you forget like, that, like, this man exists, and he's, like, out here living, you know, he's fucking doing the shit right just now. Vibing, dude. Just vibing, <laughs> <Yeah, I know. laughs> He, like, he, like, popped up, like, 
end of last year, beginning of this year for Impact for like two minutes for like a couple yeah. of matches. It was like, I'm going back to Japan. Like, yeah, it was just like, right? Fin, yeah, Finju fin showed up and they're like, all right. It was like Finn Juice versus like Juice the, the Good Brothers. And that was it. They were like, all right, we're going to leave again. Bye. And like, no, <laughs> hasn't been back Juice hasn't went back yet. I heard they had a falling oh. out with New Japan. Nah. Mm. I don't think Finley's even been back. You can Fuck. look it up, but. Damn, dude. That's Damn. Sad. Um, um did you, I uh I had like a fantasy booking about David Finley. I was like, dude, what if he came to America and just started wrestling with uh Arn Anderson's son and like they just fucking run shit. Like I would have such a good time just seeing them like figure shit out together. Yeah. You know? Like just years and years of like literally two of the best in the world just like draining information into you. Like there's no way you're not gonna learn off of each other. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? So I feel like that shit would be super cool, man. Just my fantasy book of the day. Pat, yeah, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Um a co- well not too much. Um when we we were talking about the trio that corner spot, the the cannonball, double cannonball spot. After that, uh Juice also hits like this fucking amazing crossbody where he jumps like halfway across the ring. That shit popped me. Two count popped me even more because it's just one thing I will say about this pay per view that fucked with me was like all the two counts seemed perfectly placed. Like so good, it was really good, and I enjoyed it. And you know, um, yeah, but I don't really have too much more to add. Three and a quarter for you, boy. I like it, Ethan. I know you want to add something before I hang it, hand it off to uh, Casey. I'm gonna get to you last, but what do you got? Um, yeah, no, David Finley, the only thing him and Juice have worked New Japan related has been strong since like March of last year. I just heard they had some issues with the pandemic and how they were kind of stuck over there and they just were kind of like, yeah, we're out. That was a lot of people though. I mean, that's why, uh, Switchblade's over here right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. it's weird. I mean, that's just, that's um, it's not... been a messy situation for everyone. So I'm pretty sure them being stuck in Japan for an extended period of time, and they're like, dog, I guys want to go home for a little yeah, while. Yeah. Like, in the vice versa of it, it's like, I, like... Because <laughs> even though that was the same... I know you're not a fan, but, like, even though it's the same thing with, like, Osprey for a minute. He got stuck, I think, like, back home in, like, the UK before he was able to go back because of that shit. So, mm-hmm. hopefully they kind of figure it out and get them back over there, because if they're happy, I want, I want Finn Juice to continue in Japan. Yeah, for sure. Um... As far as my thoughts on this match, I went two and a half. I'm torn between two and a half and two and three quarters. It was good. Um, Jay White and Chaos is still, once again, weird looking back at this time. Because <laughs> um, I never thought – it's weird, but, like, as I'll get into some on this thing, 2014 to 2018, I watched New Japan as it happened. Um, I haven't since. But, so, thinking about Jay White being in Bullet Club is still weird to me sometimes because I just saw him as the young line, and then I saw him in Chaos with fucking Okada you know, being their young boy and shit. And even here, when he was starting to be a dick and become more himself, it's like he was, you know, chaos guy he's for so just long. on the cusp yeah. of becoming yep. Jay White. Like, yeah. he's just there. And it's so funny because they did the whole, you know, they teased him joining Bullet Club and then he turned on Kenny. Yeah. Which was fucking hilarious. And it's just it, weird. Once again, it's weird seeing him actually end up joining it. But then it makes sense when you think about what they're doing now with him showing up at AEW behind Kenny's back, you know. Yeah. It's like a long fucking four years of, of booking yeah, here. Yeah, 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 we're gonna get two years before that shit even comes to fruition. Motherfuckers 
Motherfuckers uh, got an entire company based off the storyline. It's fucking that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, AEW is birthed off of fucking Hangman and Kenny, and like we just got through that. Yeah, like we're still trying to get over that match. What, what did you go on that? Uh, two and a half, two and three quarters. Okay, in that right yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I uh, last thing I'd like to throw in here, I uh, Juice at the time, like I said, I really enjoyed him. He did do a little too much. You know, I think it was him trying kind to of find. He was finding himself. You know, as a yeah. Type. You know, because he was trying to be a top guy. They were pushing him kind of as a lower, upper card guy, you know. Um, but he would do shit like when he did some offense, he'd be like, eat shit, motherfucker. You know that was I mean? my <laughs> first note is just in all caps, just eat shit, motherfucker. Because he talked way too much throughout this yeah. match. Um, yeah, he was, yeah, talking. A lot of people, that's what's weird is it's like, looking back, I'm not really raving over it, but I remember there was a time that uh, he was cutting some really good promos. Like people on Twitter were raving a lot about his promos, not – here like a couple months down the line in the g1 if i remember right he had some good promos because i don't know that people in japan love him like so yeah. i and i don't know if the pandering to the crowd is what did it but like when you put him in there i can't remember who the fuck they had him against it may have been ishii or somebody he was getting his ass beat and it just made the match so much better because he's, he's very sympathetic you know what i yeah. mean so yeah two and a half two and three quarters i think that's all i had for it casey take it over I'm in I'm in the same boat as you. And I think it's like some of the little, those like smaller things where it's like him kind of talking a whole lot, but like I do try to give leniency cuz it did seem like he's like trying to figure out what works. Um I wasn't exactly happy with how uh Jay took that finish cuz like I don't know if it was like a timing issue, but like he didn't even come close to connecting on like on the ring at all, <laughs> and I think it yeah, was it was, just, what was like the finish? Was it pulp friction? He, he did the pulp yeah. friction, but like oh, the friction. way that like that that juice dropped and where Jay was, like it was they were way mistimed. Oh, yeah. They did a slow mo after, and it was like yeah, and then like the belt shit afterwards, like some of it. So I'm like, it's like two and a half, two and three quarters. Like definitely not bad, but I'm just kind of like wishy washy in what way I want to fall on it. So yeah. I feel it's important to tell you guys that Ethan did not like Jay White for a very long time. <laughs> you're uh, one of those. Did, did not. And I was like, Ethan, you're going to turn into a Jay White truther. And there was one moment where he went, motherfucker's growing on me, bud. That's the <laughs> only thing he said. He just said, he started, he started growing facial hair and he was like, I kind of like him a little bit. I kind of, <laughs> I, I like that guy, bud. He looks good. Uh, I can't remember what match it was though. That I don't. It. I do. I don't remember. I just remember you saying, "Damn, that was a good." Jay White's starting to impress me, buddy. It's good stuff. <laughs> um, moving forward, we had uh, Chaos, which was represented by Toriyano and Tomohiro Ishii, mm. taking on Suzuki Goon, Minoru Suzuki, and Zack Sabre Jr. Bro, I fucking love this match, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah! It's coming to you first here in a minute. Um, so my first note is Japan loves. Toro Yano. Yeah. Um, this was entertaining as fuck, man, as because uh, most of the match was just Suzuki and Ishii beating the dog shit out of each other. Um, it was awesome. Bro, ninety percent of the match. Yeah, and then the, the empty spaces were just filled with Zack Saber Jr. And then you get ten percent of and Zack Saber Toro... Yeah, and then Toro Yano right. acting like a fucking fool. Yano's um, like, I'm going for those oh. fucking those pads on the turnbuckles. Boy. Damn it, you stole my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted yeah. to talk about the fucking pads. Yeah, what I have is actually uh, the empty spaces got filled by Zack Sabre Jr. bending limbs ways that limbs shouldn't be bent. And Toro Yano being, well, Toro Yano. 
Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. blocks a Yano low blow and turns it into an arm stretcher swords, picking up a submission win for Suzuki-gun. Post-match, Ishii attacks Suzuki on the ramp, and the two just literally beat the piss out of each other um, for a few minutes until they just decide, I've had enough. And uh, it's like, in waves, like, Suzuki just seems like a crazy person. Bro, they started the match outside beating the shit out of each other. They have the match. Ishii's like, I'm not done. They pull him apart. Suzuki's like, Fuck that shit! I'm not done. Goes, chair. He, he grabs the fucking the PVC piped like guardrail things and is dragging it behind him. He's like, "I'm gonna kill that motherfucker." Dude, they pulled him apart. Him? <laughs> did you see him jog to the fucking locker room? Did you see like him? Yeah. He was like, "I'm like this motherfucker's dude, crazy." Dude, he's like, "We're going, boy." Guardrail. He like grabs a, a guardrail on his run out. Yeah. He, like, Pulls it and like six of them follow, and it's just like oh wall, <laughs> dude. Just, like, those fans were like, probably like, "Holy fuck!" They uh, both. So they, that is, now, if you ever wanted to see what it looks like to both uh, fear and yet love someone, watch a Suzuki match. Those fuckers love him, but then they're like, "I don't want him anywhere near me." They're like, yeah, "Murder like, Grandpa, he, bad." Don Callis calling it. He's like, "Keep that psychopath Suzuki away from the commentary table." Yeah, dude. On the on his walk out, Kevin Kelly's like, "Watch out, he's coming our way." And you hear Don go like, "Oh no, this is bad." Like he's like, "Fucking horror." <laughs> he's like, "Fuck this shit out." Ethan, I know you wanted to say something. I just I think the consensus here is we need to keep moving forward with these shows so we can catch their G1 match. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to let y'all decide that. Pat, I told you it's starting with you, bud. Let's start with you. Uh, I went uh, three stars on this. It's important that you know that. So, floor's You yours. went three stars? I went three stars. Me too. Damn, man. Good. Tell me like, like Hell yeah. Why'd you go four stars? Tell me about I it. I fucking loved it, dude. Uh, from beginning to end. I literally have in my notes, my God in heaven, Toriyan and Suzuki are fucking savages. Like it, it was great, man, from beginning to end, dude. Um it I mean, dude, if you don't know anything about any person in this match before this, like it's like a perfect thing to see for the first hand because like Everybody's doing them as hard as they could. Like Zach Sabre Jr. is a pure fucking wrestler, pure submission specialist, and he fucking shows it every single time he got any bit of offense in this. Then you get the match within the fight, or the match within the match with Ayanu and Suzuki, where they're just fucking beating the shit out of each other every fucking chance they can get. It's Ishii like, and uh, Suzuki. Yeah, yeah, my fault. I mean, there's there's also the Suzuki Yano moments. Dude, they, yeah. they stretched the shit out of Yano. Like it's just. <laughs> incredible man and like the low blow reversal to submission for the finish that shit was so crazy to me dude i was like damn that nigga really just did that shit and it's over and (laughs) it's over like it was god dude i I could watch that shit any fucking day it might not be the best match on the card but it was the most entertaining all i have to say pat is if we watch any more of this you're gonna be getting some five stars out this they is have why we do like this, this podcast. Yeah. They have singles matches where it's 20 minutes of that. Just them, <laughs> one-on-one, slapping the shit out of each other. Beating the <laughs> piss out of each other. Um, Zack Sabre Jr., man, what a guy. Uh, Casey, we're going to you. Um, I gave it three and a half. Because, yeah, this is fucking great. 
I, I wrote, I was like, I don't give a fuck how many people are in this arena. There's not enough of them to pull fucking Suzuki and Ishii apart. It's just not going to happen. They want to go at it. They're going to fucking go at it. <laughs> hey, uh, can, I, can I add something real quick? What's up? Uh, this might be something you censor. Oh, <laughs> no. ah, fuck. Hey, listen, 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 listen. It might not be that bad. In the beginning of the match, when uh, Suzuki's walking out, uh, <laughs> I forgot who who is the other person doing commentary other than Don Kelly. Kevin Kelly. Kevin, Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly says, I heard there was a fan who did art for Suzuki and flew all the way out here to show him that art. And Don Callis literally goes, Did he choke her unconscious? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Don Callis is a loose cannon. Buddy. So so for context, during the match prior. Says, no. Well, so during the match prior they had talked about what was coming up and Don Callis is like, you need to tell me when Suzuki's coming out so I can fucking leave. <laughs> Cause the whole storyline is that he is fucking petrified of Suzuki. And then he starts coming out and then Kevin Kelly goes, Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you he's coming down the ramp right now. Like, and he's like, Oh fuck, I don't want to be here. Yeah, it's rough. But like, <sighs> I don't want to steal the fun things from fucking Ethan, but like even like the small bit where Yano tries to go for a spot where he grabs his opponent's hair, but he does it to Suzuki who fucking has none. And Suzuki stops and turns and goes, ha! Ah. And, like, <laughs> and then Yano's like, oh fuck, I messed up. <laughs> I, I know not everyone is a super fan of like comedy wrestling, but like Yano's probably the best one yeah, like, comedy do. wrestling can work learned. comedy wrestling can work if yeah. you have ass beaters inside and of it and then yeah. you also have like the separate dynamic of Zack Sabre Jr. just yeah. looking like a star you know what I mean like mm -hmm. there's not a lot of people that are going to be able to pull out these like these pinning combinations in the middle of these style of matches you know and make it actually work yeah, because like you can see these kind of pinfalls in a singles match or with this person or with that person, and that person's really good at it. But like he's pulling these out while there's two grown men that are breaking each other's jaws with forearms, and he's just like holding your legs and your forearm and your face. You can't tap, but you like, <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna be like, eh, eh, <laughs> like that thing. that's all. Oh, uh, yeah, th this was a this was a fun match, but yeah, three and a half. It was a fun time. Ethan, I know you said you're going three. Do you have anything that you wanted to add to it? Yeah, I mean, I went three stars. Uh, I just loved it. Pat enjoyed it so much. I'm glad this was, you know, this is a really perfect match to sum up New Japan at the time because it's like fucking chaos at this time was Okada, Jay White, Toru Yano, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, and fucking Ishii, the most fucking weird-ass group of individuals, and Sho and Yo and Rocky. It literally it is so chaos. <laughs> Dude, when they would be backstage doing things, it's fucking Okada's face when, like, Chuck Taylor and Yano and them are doing their shit. It's so fucking funny because he does that little smirk where he, and it's just like, I just love their, I love Yano. Him and those goddamn fucking turnbuckle pads. Every fucking match. Every match. He's like, oh. He, he pulled all of them off in one fucking match. I've, like, I've seen it before. He, he'll he stop dead in the middle of a match, and he's like, you know what? Fuck this. And we'll just sprint to the nearest turnbuckle. He's like, I'm taking this shit off. 
<laughs> and I love Ref every time, just you know, like, especially Red Shoes, just being like, God, okay. and he's damn like, it, y'all know. <laughs> doing because I know what he's fucking doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Suzuki and Ishii, I mean, it's always going to be badass. Anything Ishii and Suzuki do against anyone else like them that fucking just slugs it out is going to be sick. You know, it makes me wish that I wasn't so desensitized to this from watching so many of those style of matches because I probably would have went like three and a half on it. Um, but, you know, I see, you see it every show when you watch the New Japan stuff. But yeah. It's still fucking ruled. I mean, it's never not cool. You know what I mean? It's always fucking great. Um, so, yeah, three stars. Is there anything else in my notes? Oh, yeah. So, fucking Zack Sabre Jr. and Suzuki are the Rev Pro tag champs right here. And it's just, I just need to throw out there how fucking weird it is that Rev Pro was so fucking relevant. And now it's a fucking meme. And it's just, like, weird because, like, New Japan put on, like, oh, we got the Rev Pro champ. We got the... Rev Pro fucking like Ishii was uh what was Ishii here? He was like he just beat Saber Jr. for the Rev Pro title in England. And it's just like they keep mentioning it and I'm like dude like for a minute there Rev Pro people put on hard for that shit. It's just so weird. Cause now the British scene is dead because we have NXT UK. Fuck. Hey, God. The truth. <laughs> so you know they killed it, so congratulations, you know. Good job, guys. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, some spice. It's the truth. It's the truth. I mean, the UK scene deserved to fall because of how many shitty people were in it, but WWE shouldn't have killed it. And they did. They said, hey, buddy, let's work together. Come on, progress. Come on, Red Pro. We'll put you on the network and kill you dead. Come on over. <laughs> <laughs> Do you got a library? <laughs> Do you got a library? Y'all got a lot. We'll pay you a little bit of money for it. We'll give you a little bit of money for it. so wild. You got a calendar year? I'll buy you out those contracts. And last thing, sorry, Zack Saber Jr. is such a good cocksucker, dude. Mm-hmm. I fucking love him. He's such That's a my shit. <laughs> my right what a fucking good piece of shit, dude. <laughs> dude, his face when he walks out, he's like, "Yeah, fuck it, mate. Who fucking knew, mate?" You <laughs> and Pat both just had a fucking conniption. He's a god. It so was already going, it was already wild that he said Chibon. it, but then fucking Pat's face, <laughs> dude, he's fucking great, dude. Fuck, I don't even know what to say. I think I said it all in that one statement, so we'll leave I it there. It. Yeah, you did. We got it. You said something. <laughs> you said something already. Corlin, I won't lie. I, it felt like the perfect moment when you were sipping on your beverage. I was gonna say, take a long thought as you take that sip. But Ethan had to add the cocksucker statement. So uh, now that you've had time to think it over, what'd you give this match? I'm staying right where I had it. And that's three and a half stars. Oh! <laughs> I enjoyed this match. Uh, it's it's wild because, like we said, there's so many tag matches on this card. However, each one feels different. And uh, they made sure that this one felt really different than the rest. Uh, this is like a super... How do you say it? it's like it's not a traditional tag match. There's so much going on on the outside, but there's obviously there's still tags and corners. There's still blind ref spots. Uh, organized chaos. It's organized chaos. You know? Well, so uh, like you had you had the you had the future of of tag team wrestling kind of start the show off. Then you have basically a, a just a crew of fucking seasoned veterans and then you've got you know what comes like later but it's like it is nice to see like kind of like what the future is and then what's been here for a good fucking minute 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy the beginning of this match. Everyone gets into the ring and you got immediate Ishii and um, uh, Suzuki. Suzuki in each other's face and like Ref's just like terrified, dude. He's just like, please fucking don't. Like he's like this. Ishii beelines it to Suzuki and Suzuki puts his hand on his fucking throat and like, he's like, back the fuck up. Am I the only one who, like, when you hear Ishii's music is it not make you want to fucking run through a goddamn wall? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Lord, I was like, bro. <laughs> I think that's what Scott Steiner wanted to be, but he couldn't because he's not cool. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to Scott Steiner <laughs> later. <laughs> but uh, whenever uh, Ishii walked out, I literally looked at Pat and I was like, he goes on the list of one of those wrestlers that's like, Harkus, yeah, the Booker T's, like the people that you don't, you don't want to with. get into a fist fight with. He's one of yeah, them. Yeah, he walked out, and I literally, like, verbally, out loud, was like, nope. His nickname um, is the Stone Pitbull stone? for a reason. Oh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> man. Uh, but I really like this. Like, as soon as you get into the ring, like I said, uh, Suzuki puts his hand out, puts his hand on his throat, and he, like, jolts forward. And you can see that, like, Suzuki has full strength in his arm. Like, you jolt forward, and his arm is still, like, fully extended and once he loosens it Ishii's still pushing and he like releases his arm and they headbutt, headbutt. each other yeah. and it is just like one of those moments where the ref looks you got a Zack Sabre Jr. looks mm-hmm. and everyone's just like oh this shit yeah cause once again goes, there's, 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 like, there's not, a, there's not enough people in. in fucking Japan to stop those two it's, yeah, it, were, it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter when the we'll bell it. rings, those two just turn into something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, sure, I'm sure backstage it's all good and fun and games, but it's like when that bell rings, it's like, and that's why I, I wish there was more of that in America. You know? I think one of my favorite things about the match is when the bell rings, like, Jackson Virginia is the legal man. Suzuki <laughs> doesn't even go after him. He's <laughs> like, bell rings, boom, he's going straight up easy. Goddamn. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I've really enjoyed the finish because you don't see a lot of submissions in verbally um so like it's always a different thing it's always like either a tap out or just a straight pass out um but your opponent being trapped is perfect for zach saber jr like this is that's like the ideal finish for him especially when you have like so much chaos going on all around you and then you have him who is just doing the absolute most but it just looks so easy it's second nature to him um, so yeah, man, his, I, I enjoyed it. Hand bend, and then he fucking pulls the whole arm, and it looks miserable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also enjoyed the little taunting from Ishii in this match. Suzuki finally hits the ground, and he just barely kicks him in the head, and then he looks up at him, and he like jumps at him, like makes him flinch, and it makes Suzuki so mad because he's like, "Oh, you fucking made me flinch!" And, like, he gets so mad, dude. It's awesome. <laughs> so I really enjoyed just the little shit like that, and then then. Chasing each other into the locker room, like uh, Don Callis calling it, being like, "This is a video that you want to see on NewJapan.com." Like, these guys are never going to stop fighting; they'll fight all the way out of home. It's great, man. It's good I shit. Love it. Um, yeah. Listen, I've been going. Can I have this one first when you go through it? Fuck, you're fucking my whole flow up, man. God damn it! It's fine. You know what? I will give it to you. And this. <laughs> just 
Oh my. Okay, I want you to know that you're fucking up my flow when you do that shit. <laughs> God. Now I'm sideways. Put your phone back the right way. God damn it. I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to give it to you for this reason, but you are fucking up my flow entirely. Oh my God. <laughs> it's hey, fucking let. Dude, I'm not even editing this shit. Just go. Just <laughs> fucking go, man. <laughs> Hiroki Goto taking on Tai Chi and Michael Elgin in a triple threat match for the Never Open Weight Championship. What? What? You already fucked up, buddy. How? You said the name of the biggest piece of dog shit. <laughs> I didn't. I haven't gotten there, dude. It's in my notes. Give me one second. Um, Don Callis calling Michael Elgin Big Mike still pisses me off to this day. This is what I needed to get to, Ethan. Uh, there's a quote that Don Callis says. Did anybody else catch what he said? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. He said, uh, quote, Big Mike with some new boots that are an homage to Doug Furness. Did anybody catch that? Yeah, did. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. His, I whole, his whole ring attire was based around Doug Furness and I his tag could. team. I that paused it and, and belly laughed about that. That shit checks out, bud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sorry for interrupting you, Michael. That was a good tidbit. Yeah, oh, fuck. Uh, Elgin does hit a fucking wild tope in this that looked awesome. He looked like Captain Underpants flying through the fucking air. It was good shit, dude. I loved it. I thought it looked great. His legs um, look like fucking fucking Italian rolls at the goddamn bakery, buddy. Oh man, he's a, he's a stack of shit. Dude. He's a uh, fucking loser. Yeah, I just want to. About I'm... gets killed in the Tower of Doom spot. Oh yeah, that's another uh, person I need to touch on, dude. Listen, Ethan's been on this like, oh, Tai Chi Redemption Tour. This match pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> Good. This Good. match made me angry. Good. Uh, tai Chi rips his fucking, like, jogger things off. Mm -hmm. And right before he does it, Don Callis goes, Kevin, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a goddamn mess. Um, then you have Tai Chi cheating. And then doing a sinister laugh. Get me the fuck out of here. Uh, there was a double buckle bomb, an Elgin bomb, pinfall victory, new never openweight champion. Michael, the piece of dog shit Elgin. It was a three and a quarter match. It was fine. It did its job. It got the fuck out of there. You gave this a fucking three and a quarter? I didn't, I didn't hate it, bud. It was violent. And then you had Tai Chi acting like a fucking moron. Here's the thing, Cortland. If you're I'm watching twitching. this, that's fine. But if you watch this... Uh... You would swear that Tai Chi is more of a comedy wrestler than Toro Yano. That's what I'm going to say. Just Ethan, if you wanted the floor, the floor is yours. If not, I will pass floor. it to Case. Okay, okay. I'm going to read just what I put in my review that I'll be posting on my blog when we drop this episode. This is how my review begins. Okay. Tai Chi forever. Fuck everyone that disagrees. Fuck you all to hell. Anyways, this was okay. Of course... <laughs> The piece of shit being involved dragged it down on rewatch, but also the general pacing of it was boring. It had hot, awesome moments, but it also had moments that felt disjointed. Anyway, the rest of it's pretty standard shit. Um, they start strong, and then it sucks ass for a long time, and the piece of shit that I refuse to name. He does a cool dive, and he does his buckle bombs, you know, all his steroid man shit. Um... The finish is cool. He buckle bombs Goto out of the Gato clutch. That was a sick spot. Pulling him up out of the Gato clutch and then doing the buckle bomb. 
Um, and one thing I just have to mention to touch back on my king. Also, who here likes Suzuki Gon? I feel like it's a universal thing. <laughs> so that means you like Tai Chi, correct? It's not. Listen, dude. Okay. I haven't watched enough Tai Chi for me to be like, yeah, the, Tai Chi. The fuck on. Tai Chi pissed me the fuck off. Objectively, it was fucking terrible. It's terrible. By association, technically. How many Tai Chi matches have you all watched? This. That's, that's it. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Huh? Tai Chi in this looked like he was very. So they do a quick cut, right? Hiroki Goto looks like a god in the beginning. Michael Elgin looking like a sack of fucking rusted potatoes from, the same from match for seven years. Ikea. I still like then, Yoda. Then you, have, then you have Tai Chi, who's fixing his hair, looking like he's going to go yell at the Starbucks employee for getting the Frappuccino wrong. Like, that's what <laughs> he looked like here. He's yes, a fucking sir, dork, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and guess I just, what else he only, does? Guess what else he does? My only gripe is that, like, if you're gonna, if you're going to do this gimmick to where you're singing your entrance, learn the goddamn song. Bro, the microphone's because, not even plugged into shit. That's the, song, <laughs> that's that's the, the thing, charm. I've been doing it for years. It's like you just hear music and you hear someone talking, and it's like three full ass sentences, and he and he's just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did he, he's having a good time, Ethan. What'd you go on this, bud? What did I go on it? Uh, two and a half, two and three quarters. It's fucking suck. Why am I the sack of shit here? What did I do wrong? Did I watch? We don't match? know. All right. Casey, I'm giving it to you. I know what you want to start with. Talk to us through the entire Tai Chi entrance because I know it's important to you. Bro, yeah, I please, just... I want to hear it. I love okay, it. so like we're gonna we're gonna premise this that this is my first Tai Chi match. This is my first Goto match. I've never seen them. But I've seen like I've seen Tai Chi like on promotional shit. Like I've seen like him his face because he's got that fucking mask. But like I've never fucking seen a match of his before. So I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going into. I only know Michael Elgin and fuck him. So like I'm already I'm already super disinterested. I am not gonna talk about that because I have to edit this shit and I don't want to. Not good. He's you a don't bad, know what he did. Bad human. Dude, no. Google Michael L. He got no. arrested for, for violating a restraining order. That's what I'll say. And that's, that's not even close that's, to that's the worst thing he did. Not great time. Not great time. We're not going to talk about it though, because that makes me have to work. Um, this nigga said I'm not editing shit. <laughs> but yeah, so you got you got Tai you got Tai Chi coming out with his fucking Freddie Mercury fucking mic stand and his microphone, and he's singing along to this fucking song and two seconds in I'm like that microphone's not a wireless mic so they could at least pretend he's singing it's got a whole ass missing bit to the end of it and I'm like what the fuck is happening here it's the whole entrance he doesn't take off his fucking ring pants until 90% of the way through the match at one point they almost come off and he fucking like connects he snaps them back on I'm like just take them off <laughs> I mean, he's only wearing, like, the smallest set of trunks I've ever seen on a grown man in a match before. <laughs> like, underneath. Seen, you've not seen early Sammy Guevara, dog. It's, Bro, it's, it's fucking... They're, he's, they're probably uh, as bad. Dude, oh, so wow. Nah, fucking Sammy's wow. rocking the computer cutters, man. Dude, um, I just... I, at one point, I don't remember what happened during this match. It was before the Doug Furness comment, but I wrote that Elgin's the most vanilla white motherfucker in the face of the earth, and like he does nothing for me. Like even besides the fact that he's a terrible person, 
Like, you want to know what the best part of this whole fucking shit is? When mm. Michael Elgin, I'll say his name for this because I want I want his name and face to be attached to this. Michael Elgin whined on Twitter for three years about how ROH is working with New Japan and it's my dream to work New Japan and I'm not getting booked on New Japan. And so he finally gets over here and my God, I think we all should cry a tear for the poor sack of shit. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm going to give it a two and a quarter, though. God yeah. damn! I watched a yeah. totally different match. Okay, but once again, like, I, like once again, going into this, I only know one person, and like, once again, removing the the work from the worker, it's not good. It's not. And so, like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be mean to to the eat the two other people in this match, but like, I couldn't give a shit about either one of them because like, it was just kind of like, eh. The he whole time, st- he made the and you don't know you. you don't know them, so why? You know what I mean? It's hard. I, to get I, I, had, I had literally wrote. I was like, I don't know Taichi nor Goto that well. Like in like going into this match, so like it's really hard to be invested into them when I only know him. Like when I only know Elgin, so it's like I don't want to be mean to either one of them because like obviously they've been around for a fucking minute, but like this is not a great introduction match for them because <laughs> you're already off put yeah. going into it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So you went two and a quarter, you said? Two and a quarter. All right. Cortland, we've made it to you. Cortland just found out what happened. Oh, yeah, dude. A sack of shit. (laughs) I will say this. uh, I rated this shit so low that you as a human being doesn't make it. So, like, it's still two stars. Damn, bro. Um, I I went the lowest on this match. No way! Yeah, I did. What is wrong with me, guys? I don't know, man. Uh, the tope's cool. The power bombs in the corners are cool. There's a really good enziguri from uh, Taichi in this match that I really liked. Um, but other than that, uh, I came up with really not anything that I care for. I mean, when you have so, we're going to thank God we're getting the end of these tag matches, but. <laughs> Oh. You got so many tag matches going on, and then I got to deal with this shit. Yeah, it's just like, dude, I'd rather have more fucking tag matches. Yeah. We should have <laughs> like, flipped like, a couple things around on this card yeah, to make like, this for even the, more forgettable. Put this sack of shit as the second match on the card. I'll skim right over it and give it two stars the same. But, like, it, it just doesn't feel important it just felt like we were just wasting space wasting time for this card that was like hey we want to give them something but it's like yeah you know what i mean like it just doesn't i can't say that i would ever recommend this match to a single person like if i said hey man i want you to go back watch 6.9 i'm going to tell someone to skip this match just to save time. When you look at the card and then you're like, what happened Which right before it? one of these is not like the other? Well, it's, the, it's like when you've got the match right before it and the match right after it. You're like, this doesn't just, just remove that yeah. shit and throw it in the trash. Like, that's all you need to do. Yeah, so right. that's two stars, man. Go ahead. I went, uh, all right, before, let me preface. Oh, you went um, a star and a half, but I can feel it. Dude, one Star of my favorite quarter. things about doing this podcast is that there's time and time again where you can see that we watch wrestling for different reasons. 
and you can see like what people like about shit and what they don't like about shit. And you can also see how everybody has their own opinions. I went one and three quarters on this match. I will honestly say this was not for me at literally all. I didn't enjoy a second. I didn't like it. I, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe I was missing something, but I literally, from beginning to end, I was just like, ah, I can't wait for this to be over. It was just not good to me. But I'm not judging anybody's art. I would you know? like 60 seconds to defend myself. Good. <laughs> I would like 60 seconds. Floor is yours. Does this, got does their comments I, You're feeling <laughs> my 60 seconds, man. It's fine. We'll, we'll wait. Hold on, Ethan. What What would you want to say real fast? Not a thing, buddy. Let Michael J. have the floor and wipe All it right. clean. And go. <laughs> All right. I got into independent wrestling by watching Ring of Honor at like circa 2013, right? The, the Kevin Steen, Michael Elgin feud happened shortly after. I got really used to seeing Michael Elgin in like big time spots. And so I think I enjoy his moveset as shitty and vanilla as it is. And that's my reasoning. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at. I was in that's Ring of fair. Honor when it started to suck, yeah. you know? That's fair. It's fine. Okay. Moving forward. Uh, we had a fucking banger on deck here, fellas. Uh, we had Evil and Sonata taking on the Young Bucks, defending mm-hmm. their titles, the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. This was the Bucks' first time challenging for the Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Um, they had just made the transition, I think, six months earlier, um, like at the beginning of 2018. Um, and this was a fucking blast, man. Nick Jackson, listen, every fucking time i could speak about nick jackson i'm gonna take the time to do it what, what a fucking what god uh, nick jackson my god <laughs> it really says, I have nick jackson man a true fucking king uh he showed the fuck out throughout this entire thing especially in the beginning with all he was going wild um sonata hits a dive to the outside onto nick and he fucking floated in air like he just stayed up there for so long it was awesome um Here's the thing, man. Casey, objectively, you mm-hmm. hate the Young Bucks, but mm-hmm. Nick's, we'll get to Nick's, it, but... Nick's selling of his foot throughout this. Yep. Man, it's good shit. Mm-hmm. They can do it all. Um, going as far as to fall when trying to do the flippy shit for the Indie Taker. Um, he had super kicks to Evil and Sonata, followed by more bang for your buck on Sonata to crown new IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Post-match, the Bucks offer a spot at the commentary booth for Don Callis at All In, which was sick. Dude, uh, I, Don Callis' just reaction, just genuine, like, oh shit, I'm All In. And they're like, you're All In. And he's like, dude. What the fuck? Fuck yeah. Dude, like, and then so pumped. And he's like, I think I'm booked, kid. I'm booked. And like, yeah, and, and then he's Kevin like, Kelly is stoked, too. Dumb, he dude. says, like, "I fucking believe it." He was like, "Everyone said if I sit next to you, Kevin, like good things will happen." So, I, like, he was like, "I guess I'll give you fucking credit." <laughs> like, That's awesome. <laughs> I really, uh, I really enjoyed that moment. Yeah, dude, this was a four and a quarter, but I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, since Ethan stole Casey's thunder, we're gonna start with Casey this time. I gave him four stars. Um. Uh, I don't know if it's a hot take or whatever. Um, I think that the Bucks in Japan is their best work, and I don't think it's going to get any better. I think that what they do in there isn't over the top necessarily, like because yeah, they do their shit, but it's not like 
PWG. It's not some other stuff they've done in AEW. Like, I think it's... It, they this is figured, one of a kind. It's, they figured it the fuck out in Japan. They knew it worked. They knew it didn't work. They, didn't, they knew, like, where to not overstay their welcome with some stuff. And then, yeah, like, you have the storyline of, like, Matt's back has been constantly fucked up, so Nick's had to hold the weight, but then he hurts his foot in the match, so then, like, they're both struggling throughout. Like, the that whole thing's... It's a perfect story to tell in the ring. Uh, this is probably my favorite evil match of all time. <laughs> oh, dude, I tried to defend evil for so long to Ethan. He is. So Bro, I'm telling. Okay, I'm telling you. And, and I think I think I told I think I told Ethan this. I'm like I think that evil is a good tag team wrestler. I think he shines. He shines really well with with Sonata, but like. And I understand they had they were going through shit to try to put a belt on him. I just don't think that. Him being the face of the company is the right belt to put on him. There's, you've got your never open weight champions. You got your the IC title. You got all these other titles. Just put those on him. Those are fine. So many titles. Are, all those single titles are fine. But like him being like I'm evil and I'm the face of New Japan. Not not the right move. Let's just not. We we tried it. Let's not do it again. But like ultimately, like yeah, this is a fucking. This is a great like if someone was like, What's a good tag team match to watch? Like this is this is up there. It's a great one. So yeah, no no complaints. Alright. Ethan. What you got for us, buddy? I'm gonna try to keep it concise. Um at the time this match happened, it was one that a lot of people that's this is one of those matches where a lot of people started the Young Bucks or they one of the like top five best tag teams of all time. Just because in this match and when they became heavyweights, they really showed, you know, cause the Bucks whole thing from the start of their career was everyone thinks we're spot spot monkeys. So that's what we're going to be. Yeah. We're going to do spots. We're going to piss you off. We're going to not sell anything. We're going to do flips into a back rake. You know, we're going to do WWE shit. We're going to do the suck it. You know, they ran that for a, such a long time. And even when they did those things, I still think they fucking ruled because they were such good fucking heels. Um, you know, and I'll defend them until I'm in the goddamn grave. Um, but this is a match where, you know, it'd be on probably my top five bucks matches if I was trying to make a case for them being the greatest tag team of all time. This match would yes. be on it. Um, because this is it's a one of a kind performance for them. They have other matches where they work this way, even though people don't like to admit it. They try to act like they're just worse than like Jack Evans all the time when they're not. Um, no offense to I Jack will, Evans. I will, I, love. I will not have Jack Evans slander on this podcast. I love Jack you Evans. Fucking, you, you fucking threw that you're in real right. quick because it's like. <laughs> but you're right, though, because, like, at the end of the day, if. I mean, I like Jack Evans, too, but, like, you're put under this umbrella that, like, and this there is a glass ceiling for a Jack Evans. And, like, oh, I yes. hate to be like that, but it's not that you put that there. Everyone else has put that there for you. Yeah, because kind of like you just stuck around in. It's kind of like Brian Cage. It's like I I enjoy you both, but it's like you kept yourself in that lucha underground glass ceiling. Like you yep. never progress story wise. You never progress character wise. Jack Evans and Angelica are still wearing green. You're still fucking dancing to to dance moves from like 2011 when you walk out. Like, come on, man. Like at the end of the day, if you want people to care about you. Get with the actual time because you're a fucking decade behind, bro. Justin Gabriel did that shit forever ago. Really embarrassed somebody once a week. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ethan. Go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. Finish it. Um. Fuck, I'm thrown off here. Um, sorry. No, you're good. Um. Fuck, there was a point I wanted to really get into the, into the meat of anything. You said that this the, was going to be a the, top five. Best yeah, so matches. essentially, the the thing with Matt's back, um, you know, that stems all the way back to the fucking match they had with Omega and Ibushi earlier in the year. His back has been a fucking thing that plagued him for a long time, and then them throwing the leg in there too was just fucking phenomenal. Um, this is the best evil match ever. He will never have one better, and he never had one better prior than it. Um, Sonata, <laughs> Sonata, you may have king. some matches around this level, rarely. But he will never peak this either. Um, I think this is another. Huh? Do you think he's a better tag team? Or do you think that they're both better tag team or better? Or do you think Sonata's better as a singles? I'll be. Here's my hot take. Evil's a job guy, and Sonata. Um, Sonata. Sonata's an undercard guy. I mean, I've seen Sonata and Evil work G1s, and it has not been inspiring, fellas. It just ain't, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, the Young Bucks or whatever. <laughs> um, so I I understand the um, take Casey had about their work in Japan um, being some of their best. One thing I want to mention here: Did you hear that fucking Young Bucks chant from this Japanese crowd, bro? Yeah, that shit was so dope. Like the fact that they were fucking heels as fuck the whole time they were in New Japan until this calendar year of 2018, and that they're fucking so behind them here. It's just like the Bucks can do it. You know, they can be face, they can be heel, they can be spot monkeys, they can fucking sell their ass off they can tell a story they can make it, it emotional i'm just if like you are a foreigner in japan and that crowd cheers for you at any capacity like you've done it dude, they, yeah. they had a young bucks and like, they had an, an elite chant during yeah, that same match. Like, like i was like jesus fuck like this this is the most over fucking <laughs> deep <laughs> like oh my god like, <laughs> like the bucks have been everywhere and they've done everything in front of every crowd and it's been over you know what i mean like not to turn this into just a case for them, but I think this match serves as a case for them. You know what I mean? Like, when I think of this match, I'm like, there they are. You know what I mean? There it is. You know what I mean? Like, they check every box for me as a tag team. And even though their emphasis was on the spots and shit for most of their career, that's what drew me to them. When I, when I heard there's a team mocking the suck it, you know what I mean? Like, what are these guys? They look like dorks. And then you see them and they're funny as fuck. They're laying on the ground doing suckets to Rick Knox. And people in the crowd are chanting, and he's just, Matt would just run around, this feels like my friends became a fucking wrestling tag team, and they're actually <laughs> fucking amazingly good, bro. But anyways, four and a quarter. I wanted to go four and a half, but I'm going to go four and a quarter. Um, you just hate evil that match. much? Evil was fine, but you could have, here's, here's my take. Here's my true fucking take, and this might be the hottest one. You could have put I think you could have plugged any medium-sized wrestler into this spot, and the Bucks would have made it fucking work. No matter what. Evil and Sonata had nothing to do with this being great. The Bucks did. They said, they said, you guys, literally, I've read other people that reviewed this that felt the same way. I feel like the Bucks were like, we're going to plug you into our spots, let us fucking cook, bro. Let us fucking cook. Just got to get the belts on them, that's all. Like, let us fucking cook, and they fucking cooked. Badass shit. First ever heavyweight title reign for them. It was the only maybe. one, no? Probably, maybe. I don't know. I quit watching New Japan in 2019, and they left in 2018, so boom. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It would have to be. Me uh, and MJ figured it out. Look at that. Boom. That's what we do. Uh, Cortland. 
Was that a moose? Moose. <laughs> or was it a hide and ride? Hide Hide. God damn it. No. Go on. Go on. Go I, I really enjoy this match. Uh, like Ethan said, this is in the top contender for uh, Young Bucks' best matches. And then uh, it, it gets put on the list of potentially some of the best uh, tag team wrestling matches of all time. Uh, it, there's just so much to digest when it comes to this match. And like, yeah, the Young Bucks made it happen. But I feel like there's small praises for someone like Sonata who's just there. You know, someone who's there who takes it right, knows the story that they're trying to tell, and he's the one that gets it there, you know? Um, there's really cool shit from him. Like, he does the, uh, like, the spinning dragon sleeper is really fucking cool here. Uh, obviously, I gotta give my flowers to Nick Jackson. Probably the best hot tag in tag team wrestling. Um it, far none. It's so unbelievably yes. good and clean, man. Uh, you just love to see the shit. Like, the selling of the foot is great when you have the story of Matt's back. Um, there's amazing tag reversals. There's just the little spots like them going for the indie taker. You think it's about to happen. So the first time he goes for it and you get evil ripping his uh, ripping Nick down off the apron. And the next time he goes for it, his foot's too bad. So he just slips off the rope. So they can't do it. So they got to go for the uh, uh, what's bang, the, for your bang for your buck, which is just it's three finishers in back to back to yeah. back, you know. So um, it's really good, man. The emotion that they share when they have won the championships, they look at each other, they're in the ring, and Matt looks at Nick and said, "I like literally says I fucking told you, like." I told you we could do this shit. Yeah. And they just carry each other out of the ring. They go to Don Callis, have that moment that Don loves. And then it's not even just them giving like the, like asking him if he's all in, like they're leaning on the like barricade right out of announcer. And he's like, so many people thought we couldn't do this, but we knew we could. Like we are the fucking best. We're the young bucks. And it's, Dude, when like, you hear them he say that, Matt gets the pinfall and he literally fucking says it to himself. That's why we're the fucking best in the fucking world. And I was like, yeah, that's why we're the best in the fucking world. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, it's so fucking great. Them walking back up the ramp with the belts. Matt's walking ahead of Nick and he notices that he left him. And he's like, I left my brother. And he like lifts him up. And Nick's like, thank you. And he's like, no, thank you. And like they fucking embrace and like a. It's what he like, says before great. that that made me smile. He's yeah. talking to his wife and he's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. "Thanks for staying up. Go to sleep. Them kids are gonna wake up and piss you off." Like it's just so funny, man. They just yeah. seem like such silly human beings to me. Around. Yeah, man. It's it's really cool shit. I I gave this match four and a half stars. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I, I'm not a huge fan of evil. Like Ethan said, he's not like the guy that I'm willing to like bet my money on putting a strap on and let him run a company oh, for six months. I tried to defend his ass, but I won't even. Lie. But he ain't pushing L. merch. I tell you that right, goddamn now. Merch. Tell you that. No. What radio station you want him with, on? With them split. That is a face only for radio, brother, and radio's dead. Um, that's coming from someone who works in that shit. 
Um, but Sonata, man, I really enjoyed his placement in this match. I really did. I feel like he was always in the right place at the right time. No one was ever looking for You know what I mean? Like, no one's ever waiting for that spot. He just knew where to be all the time. And he's that little secret key in this match, man, that I really think makes it great. I like it. So, I love it. Pat? I went four and a half stars as well. Um, I mean, you guys have touched on most of it. I low-key did fuck with Snot in that match. But uh, at the end of the day, we know what the fucking story is. The fucking Young Bucks, man. They put on a motherfucking clinic. And there's really nothing else we can say about it. Um, Nick Jackson, I literally have in my notes, Nick Jackson, my God. Because, you know, Corbin said it all the time when we watch the Young Bucks. but Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson literally is that nigga bro like he is probably one of the best to watch and uh, you know as a kid i love the hardys as an adult i love the young bucks man i fucking love watching them i don't want to say that they've never had cap but you don't see it often it fucking ever so it's like you know i can't i can never say a negative thing about those dudes i fucking love them they mm. need to keep fucking rocking because i'm fucking always gonna be a fucking I Dude, love I like I dread <laughs> I dread the day they retire. <laughs> and like they keep saying that shit like in their Twitter bio being like, We're not here for a long time, motherfuckers. Y'all better give us flowers. And I'm like, fuck. I but know. Dude, do you know how old Nick Jackson is? Do what? Guess how old Nick Jackson is. Take Jackson. a guess how old Nick Jackson is. Forty Right? He's thirty two, bro. Yeah, yeah. Nick Jackson. Matt's 37 or 8, but think about Nick, bro. He could run singles yeah. in like another decade, brother. Like he, At least. It was just crazy because you would think that Nick is older than Matt. He's Matt just got that. Brother, bud. He's the yeah. baby I know, dude. You, you would think it because he's just so fucking good, man. Yeah, man. Like, it's hard. Everyone always wants to compare. Is this fucking mine in the corner of Dude, I've been watching Casey the entire time. Look, I'm not excited to talk about the next match. I just want to get it over with. This is my last like, thing before we get to Why this. do you hate the next match? I fucking oh, hate this next match, dog. <laughs> what? I fucking hate it. <laughs> What's there to hate? It's standard shit. Anyway, it's fucking it stupid. Um, Finish it like, I, I obviously... I have always said that, like, growing up, Hardy Boys were my favorite wrestlers growing up. Obviously, the Young Bucks have taken a lot from them. Um, I think they've perfected this to a T when it comes to that style of pro wrestling. Um, and Extreme. I feel, dude, this might be blasphemous to say. Um Nick is everything that Jeff wanted to be. <laughs> like, to a fucking T. Nick has all the pieces. He can work that strong style match. He can work the very technical matches. He can work the fast-paced matches. He can do it all. Whereas Jeff is just, like, stuck in this little box. You know? And, like, and it's not his fault that he's, like, really stuck in it's it. Just a t- it's just a the way that thing. it is. It's yeah. a different time in wrestling yeah, yeah. but know? i think you know you should credit the hardys just as much oh. or more than the bucks oh, even though for sure because you have to think about the time you know it's all about yeah. the time you know what i mean if the young bucks came up when the hardys came up they would be just like the hardys 
and then exactly. someone else would come along and yeah. do yeah, it bigger exactly. and better, you know? Exactly. So, like, being able, like, knowing that we're going to get Hardys and Young Bucks again makes me super fucking happy, man, because yeah. just the importance of the the weekend, the WrestleMania weekend. You got the Hardys having the ROH titles, dropping it to the Bucks the night before Mania in a ladder match. Yep. Then they re-debut in WWE and win the Raw Tag Team titles less than 24 hours in the same style of fucking match, bro. And it's just... Yeah. It's mind-blowing to think that there is a tag team that surpasses all, like, rules or, like, bylaws or, like, any bullshit pro wrestling politics. Like, they went to four fucking companies in four weeks. One belt, dropped it. One belt, dropped it. One belt, dropped it. One belt held that bitch in the biggest company on the biggest stage of them all. Okay. You can't take that away from them. Let's but let's the let's save the gloating. Part. Let's save the gloating. Let's save the gloating. We don't need to go on much of a rant. We have so many more matches to get through. And the young bucks. This is gonna be so fucking long. Give me a finishing statement, Cortland, please. Uh 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 finishing statement. I want Young Bucks and the Hardys in a TLC match at full gear. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's All right, Casey, into... complain. No, I have a fucking system here, fellas. Please let me stick to the goddamn system. <laughs> we have Jushin Thunder Liger, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Rey Mysterio Jr. versus the villain Marty Skrull, Cody, and Hangman Adam Page in a six-man tag. Japan loves Jushin Liger. Uh, and then the re like the reception that uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. got was sick. It also threw me off that they were referring to him as Rey Mysterio Jr. I loved that. Love it. It bums me out that he didn't stick off, like stick it out a few more years in the indies. Uh, how different things could be. Uh, there wasn't much for me to note throughout this match. Uh, it was the most Americanized match on the card, and I don't mean that negatively, uh, but it just felt like a run-of-the-mill kind of match. Mean it, mean it negatively. Um, Ray's hot tag and subsequent fire on Marty was sick, and it felt like we got a little bit of the late 90s Ray in that moment. I thought it was awesome. Uh, Liger hits a great hurricane rod on Cody, but ultimately falls to the crossroads for a Bullet Club victory. Post-match, Liger, Mysterio, and Tanahashi quickly pose for the crowd in Osaka. It was it was two and a half. It was fine. It was whatever. Uh, Cortland, I'm starting with you, my man. Uh, let me make sure that I have that rating as well. Oh, no, I gave it two and a quarter. Um it's somewhere in there. I we've we've touched on it at length. Cody Rhodes, uh, the formula is just so painful to watch, um, and it's just like the more that I see him, the more I hate him. Kind of thing. It's like you have undeniably three legends. Doesn't matter the country; mm -hmm. they transcend companies and and all the bullshit states and all of it. These are three legends, and we're just gonna put Cody and the dude that wears a doctor mask and a cowboy over them. And, like, it's not even just that. Like, it could have been for a better storyline. It could have been for something. Like It was for something. Rey Mysterio's first match in New Japan oh, I'm fucking even. is... Jushin Thunder Liger getting pinned to a crossroads 
Like, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, dude. And then, like, the only thing that really saved it to me is the end. You get Cody stomping out Juice and Thunder Liger, which, like, is – that's the Cody Rhodes shit, you know? Yeah. Him going out to the fucking – to Don Callis telling him to hold his ring. That shit's good. That's funny. But, like, it's just the same old Cody shit to me. Same thing as him walking out of – uh like, coming up in the center of the fucking stage in AEW. He did the same thing here. First person out, everyone walked out to his music. Yeah, I did find that. I did hate that. Like, I did hate that. I'll give you that one. You know thing. what I mean? It's just like, it's the same fucking shit over and over again. In retrospect, so, at the time, if you watched this, it wouldn't hit you as hard. In retrospect, yeah. I have read it. it yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what, we said about, um, that's what we said about All In. You know what I mean? Like, when I originally watched that match, I enjoyed that match. Watching yeah. it with now watching three years of yeah, AEW, I think, I think what it is, I don't like it. I think it's like we realized, like Bless finally, you. we just let that shit slide. We just let that motherfucker do all this but shit. And I'll, now I'll say, here. I'll say, real, it all like real, <laughs> real quick, I will say, I was excited to watch this match yesterday. Yeah. Like I was legitimately excited to watch this match. And him disappointing me so much. What did you want? They do like the whole like match announcements. They do like all the promos and shit. And that like the flyer for this match came up, and I was like, Pat, that's gonna be a sick fucking match. That's the who's who of pro wrestling right now. You know what I mean? Like at this time, that is a six man packed ass match, and it sucked. Yeah, (laughs) admittedly though. You didn't like the finish, but Liger was never really winning matches in New Japan. I was just saying, I just feel like y'all are missing the point. No, and it's not about Liger losing. It's not about that. It's about Cody winning. And it's not necessarily about Cody winning. It's more so about Rey Mysterio losing his first match in New Japan when everyone has like begged and begged for him to be there. And then he's there, and everyone's mad that he left. So tell me this, if they put Ray over here and then he does what he did and wrestled one more match for New Japan and signed right back to WWE and they just put him over three guys who they didn't think were going to leave and form AEW. I know they did, so that's almost embarrassing that they pushed them so hard too. But in their mind, they're like Cody Hangman Page Scroll. They're in Bullet Club, our most popular thing that brought us to fucking the West. Yeah. This, you know, we're not going to pin Ray, but... Why do they want to give him so much when they don't know where Ray's going to go? Vinny calls, Ray's going. Yeah, yeah but that's another thing. It's like if you can say that, oh, we want Cody and that team to win because it's young talent. These are legends. They should be putting over young talent. Cody Rhodes is not a young talent. You know well, what I mean? Well, tell me what their next show was. Do their next show was G1 Special in San Francisco, main events Cody challenging Kenny for the world title. I don't think the feud was good, but the point was there. They're the, what they wanted to do was laid out. Of we things. get Ray versus Okada out of it, don't we? Isn't that what we get? They were they work in a tag. They, oh, they Ray never tag? wrestled okay. a one on one. He never wrestled a one on one match. So he does a he does a tag and the six man calls it quits. And then he said, "All right, fellas, I made it to Japan. <laughs> Fuck off." He's like, "Did like, you oh, like my makeup? I'm gonna leave." <laughs> Dude, he had a beard tie and it fucking infuriated me. Did he? I felt anger. Yes, there's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, but the mask was sick. Oh, I do. I did fuck with the mask. I'm not gonna lie. If, went, I, if I ever get my hands went, on that mask, I'll, I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> it's yeah, tight. You <laughs> two and a quarter on that, Cortland. Mm-hmm. Pat. I went two and a half stars. Uh, 
I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was, you know, a decent match, I guess. Um, I wasn't too happy about Ray losing, but I mean, whatever, I guess. Um, and I just, I don't know. It doesn't sit well with you in 2022. No, it doesn't. And it doesn't sit well with me that like, cause like I wasn't a big indie head. So I got into the Cody shit late. It just, just doesn't sit well with me that we just like Cody Rhodes. You got into the indie shit late and you still are pissed about Cody Rhodes' existence. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's It's hilarious. It's great. So you went went two and a half? I went two and a half stars, though. Yeah, me too. I'm with you. Uh, Casey, I'm expecting like a star and a quarter. No, I'm not. I mean, there's there's a handful of people in this match that I refuse to give less than two stars, and that's where this match stays. And like to answer your question, Ethan, of like what, like what did you expect? Like, at, like what did you want out of this match? I don't fucking know. I just like almost had like the expectation. It, it was just like okay. anything else is what. It okay. Felt like. Okay. <laughs> out of everyone in this match, Hangman is the greenest person by three years, mm-hmm. and he outshines his two more veteran fucking tag yeah. team partners. Like, this match made me excited as fuck, so I was like, as soon as he comes out, I'm like, that's why he has the fucking title in AEW. Like, you watched him come out, and you're like, that's a fucking star in the making. And then you have fucking Cody and fucking Marty be like, I want you. No, no, no. I want you for, like, fucking five goddamn minutes, dude. Like, it it was all the extra banter bullshit where I was just like, can we just... Mm. Like, you have fucking Rey Mysterio, you have Jushin Lager, and you have fucking the goddamn ace of fucking New Japan on one side, and we're going to fucking play hot potato tag for half the match. And then, like, at, when Rey does his hot tag, you literally you see the fucking just different levels of where performers are. Because he fucking shows that, like, Marty should never even have been in that fucking ring with him. It's not good. Like, it just, I, I think I just, like, I expected more from the professionals in this match to make this work, and it was like, we're just going to play what Marty wants to do, because the whole reason why we have this match is because Marty talks shit to Jushin Liger. Mm-hmm. And, like, it just didn't deliver. I mean, even in the entrance, like, whenever, like, Cody's entrance, Cody comes out smiling, doing his Cody shit, and you have, uh... Like the fucking bird bullshit, and he's just like ha 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 ha, and like screaming and fucking just freaking out for no reason. And then Hangman's the only one who looks like he's actually about to be in a pro wrestling match. He's taking it seriously the best that he can. Like he's walking out straight face, like shoulders back, very intense, knowing he's about to get in the ring with three legends. And you just have Cody being like ha ha, can't wait to crush another fucking lucha ha ha. I will say, uh, Cody coming out from the center, that's where the light bulb clicked. He was like, listen, fuckers, we're making this happen in AEW. <laughs> it felt good. He was like, this felt right. So you went you went too flat? Too flat. Ethan. Damn, you went lower than me. Yep. <laughs> oh, this is my huh? here. Huh? You went three and a quarter. Four and a half. Uh, three, three flat. Okay. It's fair. Um, my My thing with it was... I just didn't expect anything more, to be honest. You know, this was your this is standard New Japan stuff. I mean, they weren't Liger was on his way out. He ain't got he he didn't work a 
old-fashioned juice and lager match, and God knows when. You know, this was standard lager shit. Tana ain't going to work unless he's in a big match. And Ray Ray, I mean, I doubt he's wanting to work his ass off in this spot necessarily, and I also doubt New Japan's wanting to give him a lot. Um, and then you have Cody Hangman and Scroll, two of which I don't fuck with. Cody at the time I fucked with, looking back, as I said before, I don't, you know, we all know how that goes. Scroll always sucked to me. Um, so he kind of is just there for me. Hangman, looking back on this, seeing Hangman, I was like, you can see, like Casey said, why he's the AEW champion. I mean, he had it from the jump. Um, but I don't know, this just didn't insult me at all. I was just like, oh, cool. We got to see these guys all mix it up. Um, New Japan does this type of stuff a lot. You know, this was never going to be any longer than 10 minutes. We were never going to get a bunch of near falls because Tana, you know, even though they didn't go all out, Tana and Liger and Mysterio, they don't, they're not going to give all that up, man. You know what I mean? They're too, they're the veterans, man. They're not going to give that much in this. I hate to say it that way, but it's just in New Japan and this, when this happened, there was no way of them fucking giving us the match we want. You know, when you see this on paper, you want it to be a fucking banger, you know, and that would be sick, but the whole point here was to sell tickets to San Francisco, and that was it, and get Ray in there with Liger for a nostalgia pop. And Tana is just your John Cena of New Japan. So that's just what they did. That's an interesting comparison. It's not, it's <laughs> no, it's truth. fucking right? true. It's the truth. Go Ace. We have a, uh, a beautiful face-off happening. At the Up and Over podcast currently. Uh, because we're moving on to the next match, which is Will Ospreay defending his IWGP <sighs> Junior Heavyweight Championship against uh, Hiromu Takahashi. And, I think uh, they set this card up for me and Casey to feud back-to-back. Back. Bro, bro, you're about to get your ass stomped in by the rest of the podcast because you're the only – you're the odd man out on this one. Well, guess what? <laughs> uh, in, in five years when you've seen this same type of match 20 times, you'll think differently. This was excellent. I loved it. Did Hiromu come into this with the desire of taking oh. years off his career? That's the only question that I have here. He always does. Um, my man was sprinting in the beginning of this match. Uh, there was a chop from Hiromu that was answered with a fuck you little cunt from Osprey. And I was like, yes, I'm here for that. Um, once this settled into its pace, the match was great. Uh, the ending five minutes was wild. Um, Osprey hits a weirdly nasty, disgusting powerbomb slam thing um, on Hiromu's neck. Is that the one um, that I sent you? Yes. I randomly... Oh. Um, <laughs> to, get out, to get out of a Hiromu triangle. Just when it looks like uh, Takahashi spent, he gets a second wind out of nowhere and just fucking hits a sunset bomb to the outside. Um, there was, like, continuous counters of Osprey's Stormbreaker, like, trying to get out of it. Uh, and Hiromu was, like, panicked on his face and almost looked like it, the urgency that he was wearing on his face was fucking good shit, dude. It was awesome. Um, with that side note there, the Stormbreaker has to be one of my favorite moves in all of professional wrestling. It's so sick. Uh, and I'm upset that I didn't get to see it. Takahashi hits a nasty butterfly pile driver. Uh, and then I he said followed it with... I sent you all a picture of me slumped in my chair after that happened. So I was like, what oh, the is that what it was, fuck, dude? dude? I was like, oh, dude, my like God. Halfway crooked, it was nasty. <laughs> then, he, then he hits a, a Death Valley driver into the turnbuckle, ending with the time bomb, and he is the new champion. It was a four-and-a-half-star match. Uh, this I'm actually starting with Patty Mills. He's <laughs> so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went three and three-quarters on this match. Um, God damn it. <laughs> 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 
Look, look, look. It wasn't bad. It was it was a great it match. I'm not gonna it was a good match. It's just like, I don't know, man. I'm not the biggest Will Osprey fan. I've tried and tried again. I just can't fucking get into shit. I don't know what it is. I just, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Uh, I, not even that I don't get it. I just don't, I don't like his shit, man. I just really don't. Um, But I like this match. The match wasn't Me bad. Too. There was a lot of good spots. My favorite exchange was the, hold up. Will Ospreay has that fucking step up in Seguri and then goes for the reverse Rana, which is reverse. And then he goes for another one. And then, like, you get the whole, he goes for a Stormbreaker, which is reversed to the code, right? Like, that shit was sick. Real tight shit. There was a lot of tight titty stuff in this fucking match. It just wasn't, like, I don't know, man. I Maybe I wanted more. I guess it was because you wanted more? I was, I was hyping this shit the fuck up. And in group chat, I wanted less. And... <laughs> like, I don't know, man. It's, I did, like, the uh, the reverse, like, the fucking powerbomb thing that he did. Reversing the triangle choke. And the sunset bomb outside the ring was really. And it's, I don't know, man. I could have went higher, but I didn't. You didn't. Three and three quarters. Uh, Casey, let's get back on track real quick. I mean, I don't What the fuck more do you want from this match? Like, unfortunately, if, if you got any more from this match, you're going to get what happens to fucking Takahashi in a month from this pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, these two beat the shit out of each other. I will, like, once again, I will say... Osprey is a goober. We just he's just a goober of a human being and we we separate the art. I understand he works a certain way and it's fucking repeated over and over again. Basically ever since he had his fucking match with Ricochet, it's just a repeat of it. I understand. But like this match is fucking awesome. <laughs> I don't have a super crazy amount of notes on it cuz I was just watching it. I was like this is fucking insane cuz they're gonna kill each other. Um the biggest downside of this match is because they have so many mics on the outside picking up all the little nuances that uh, you can hear Osprey breathing the entire match and yeah. like he needs to breathe quieter. It's <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, dog, you just shut the fuck up. Like it was, just, it was distracting hey. as shit. Hey, in all fairness, like he's probably out of breath because he's doing all these crazy flips and shit. But like, just like turn the mics down when he's wrestling. It, it would. A, a little bit but like yeah four and a half stars i don't fucking know what else to tell you this match was fucking awesome the oh, time bomb time bomb's also one of the coolest fucking finishing moves Back. like Dude, <laughs> he hits it with like a sick hesitation it just looks good you know um, that he you know that he's prote- i'm sorry i don't want to take away from it but like you fine, know that he he cares about everyone because he cradles fucking osprey's yeah. head so delicately where he's like you're gonna this is gonna yeah. fucking suck but like your head's up here so <laughs> but yeah it's great all right ethan give us your two and a half star rating and why you're giving it that it ain't two and a half. <laughs> it's not a bad match. Star in a quarter. I like the match. I'm being villainized like I hated this it's, fucking. We're allowed to joke on the Up and Over podcast, but... I know, you buddy. Came, you came in saying, like, you you were like, this is the <laughs> lowest rated match you're going to give it out of everyone, so... I just, I mean, I just had a feeling that I was going to be villainized here tonight. You know? I was going to make a joke, and I'm not. That would have been a bad... Nope. Not you know where I was going. Not, yep. Just move on. <laughs> I don't care. Um, so, three and a half. Good match. Nothing more. That's my take. Um, I've seen these two do this stuff. I love Hiromu. Um, Will Ospreay, I mean, it's so tough, man. When I first saw Ospreay, I loved the guy. 
Um, and then I saw him again. And then I saw him again. And I saw him again. And I saw him again. And then he got gifted again and again and again and again and again. And it was all the same movements and everything else. And he breathes heavy and he, oh, he's just a drama queen. He's not a, he's a good athlete. He's not a good wrestler. He's the weakest of all the guys he came out of, out of the UK with referencing Sabre, Tommy and Sabre's in a different fucking league though. Like he's, that's not even fucking fair to put. I understand they came out together, but like Sabre's like, I'm the fuck over here, dog. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't even want to shit on this. You know, I feel like once again, I know we're all joking, so I'm not upset. Um, you know, I feel like I, I get really like wound up sometimes on here. I feel sometimes I come off too negative and I don't want to come off negative to our listeners. You bro. I true, that's true. Negative. <laughs> true. 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 Um, bro, you'd be hard pressed to think that me or Cortland like wrestling at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I didn't hate this match. You know, I, I admit um, I watched it, and I saw, you know, I hate to say that I went in, because I've watched this before, and I went four stars on it the first time I watched it. Um, but then I looked back at the ratings people were getting like, 4.75, what the fuck? You know, it's just like, and so I went into this like, okay, this is going to be, I'm going to open, I'm going to go into this match with the thought that it could be that. You know what I mean? Because in my head, I'm like, there's no way. But I was like, okay, this is the standard that was set. 4.75, 4.5. And I watched it, and I'm like, damn, dude, like, three and a half, you know, I almost wanted to do three and a quarter. You know what I mean? It just was like, they did cool <laughs> stuff, but like it just, none of it, it just didn't make any sense to me. You know, if I want to break it down and I hate saying that cause it was fun for what it was. The style is fun. And I love Hiromu Takahashi. He had just won the best of super juniors tournament, the biggest one of his career and had the second biggest one of his career here. I love that guy. I have one of his shirts. He's one of my favorite things about new Japan to this day. Um, but he's not somebody who can correct Will Ospreay being Will Ospreay. And that's what this was to me here. They do cool moves. It's a fun watch, but this was not one of the best matches of the year. And never mind, I'm not going to down anyone else's opinion. This was three and a half stars for me. I respect everyone else's opinion. How about that? I love that. Taking the high road. Corlin, what'd you go on this? I want four and a half. (laughs) Do you have anything that you wanted to add to this? Um, I enjoy this match uh, a lot just for like the, the scary spots that are in it. I feel like is mostly the thing that I like. The crowd is really into these spots whenever they just get less and less safe, you know? Um, I'll just have a few things written down about it that I thought was sick. Um, Osprey hit a dive off of the ramp that looked really cool. Early in the match, uh, there's missile drop kicks from uh, uh, Takahashi, obviously, that they always look good. I do get the sense of, like, Osprey isn't everyone's, like, guy they like. Granted, I've only seen better part of 10 Osprey matches. They have all looked the same. I'm, I'm telling. I'll agree 100%. that I think he he got but, the fucking the uh, Osprey Ricochet match, and he's been chasing the dragon ever since. Yeah, man. But I feel like this match just feels a little different because there's a lot of counters here for finishers. It's like these dudes know each other really well, and this crowd's enjoying them figuring each other out. Even you know, right? Um, I'm trying to think of a spot that I really like the triangle choke spot where. Uh, he just fucking 
I don't know how his neck still <laughs> drops this like, motherfucker on his neck, dude. dude. Like, right on um, dude. Like, God, man. And the time bomb finisher was really cool. Uh, yeah, man, I enjoy this match. I feel like there's not a whole lot that can, like, convince me that something takes away from it. Because the crowd really liked it. They got to the shit really fast. And, dude, they uh, were so I'm, behind Hiromu at the end. I was going to say, they wanted Hiromu to win really Ooh, bad. They were behind Hell yeah. Um, and, uh, he fucking should have because he's fucking so good. I haven't seen that uh, that Osprey Ricochet match, so. Uh, oh fuck! Shot <laughs> yeah. Everybody's yeah. seen that shit a million times. Um, <laughs> all right, well, uh, we got a fun one on our hands. Oh, uh, uh, the butterfly pile driver Jesus. was disgusting. Shout the uh, fuck out because it's crazy. That shit's. That was pause, rewound, watched, rewound <laughs> yeah. again. I was like, "What the fuck happened?" That's like, like my second favorite spot on this. I feel like that's why this match sits a little high. It's just because I was not expecting how smooth and seamless that went. Because I was like, oh, butterfly? Oh, pile driver? I was like, Jesus. Load of mercy. I thought he was going to do like an up and over butterfly suplex, but nope. No, he just drops it right on his fucking head. Right on the noodle. All right. Three, four and a half. I'll take that for the day. Um, okay, so we move on to the IWGP Intercontinental Championship match. Tetsuya Naito defending against Chris Jericho. Is this the the debut of the Painmaker? Um, yeah, he yeah. went he went Painmaker for this feud. Yeah. Um, Don Callis's call on seeing Jericho in his getup made me laugh so. What God the hell is he hard. wearing? What the hell is he <laughs> wearing? Just real... made me die. And, yeah, we were. We were Casey, just going out there with the dog. Okay. I got you. All I right. got you. Uh, Jericho attacked Naito before the match started, and he beats the fucking shit on, like, out of him on the outside. Uh, cameraman Chris also makes me laugh every time. I feel like he's done that spot where he grabs the camera and he's like... multiple times. Yeah. Um, there's... As he's walking Naito to the table to do the t- like the, the table spot... Um, the second table spot. This is the DDT one. Yeah. Uh, there's a, an old an old gentleman in the crowd in a white shirt that grabs Jericho's shoulder. And I thought Chris Jericho was about to beat somebody up in Japan. Um, he looked shoot-pissed, brother. Um, <laughs> the opening to this match was bonkers to me. Like It just felt so out of character for New Japan. Uh, the DDT on the table that didn't break is just, it fucked me up. Then you had Jericho getting back in the ring with Naito and saying, ring the bell, ring the fucking bell. Good shit. Uh, Jericho's entertaining, man. I enjoy it. Uh, this was violent. It was great and better than I initially remembered it being my first watch through. Uh, I had actually told Casey I'm not a big fan of Tetsuya Naito. Um, he just doesn't, and Ethan knew that. Uh, he just doesn't do anything for me. But this was great, man. His His fight back... The crowd wanted Naito to win this so bad. Um, he took he took multiple nutty code breakers in this. The yeah. first one was like I don't even know what he, he just like jumped from the ro- like ropes. He was oh. so I, I had to rewind it because it confused me too. He's going for like a flying like uh, punch, like a flying thing? like like a flying forearm, I guess. Because I, I had to catch what Kevin Dude. said because I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Because it was so it looked like like a fucking like 
like they completely like just kind of glitched into that mo- into that movement. But that's what it was: is that he goes for a flying forearm, and then fucking the code breaker out of nowhere. Ugh. Oh, um, the second one was worse than the first one, and that's what ended the match. Jericho picks up the victory and is your new IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Uh, of course, he had the the quick ref shove away the low blow and then the code breaker, but um. He is your new champ. Post-match, Jericho beat up Naito some more and then hit him with the title. Then he's beating him up with the belt from his pants like he's whipping him. And Evil comes down to Give make the save. How exciting ba- is we Evil? We got a babyface Evil coming out for the save. Um, I went four stars, man. This was fun. Dude, the best part about Evil coming out is Jericho like gets to like the fan side of barricade, like the in-between barricades. Mm-hmm. And he's like, who the fuck are you? You're gonna find out, fucko. That shit is so funny. Like, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck is this guy? Jesus Christ! All right, Casey, I went four stars. What you going on this? What you got for me? Um, how do, how do I how do I start this? Uh, Naito did a Jericho match, and I don't think that was what was the best for a New Japan event. Um, I don't want to shit on this match because it's not the worst match, but it's also not the best match at all. <laughs> and it's fucking all over the place. Um, I did try to preface to Mike before watching this to watch for uh, Naito's face when he gets power bombed to fucking hell through Dude, the first table. Like, oh, like, he gets power bombed and they zoom in on his face and his face is like Jesus Christ. That table exploded. And if you don't know, uh, <laughs> tables in Japan are notorious for never fucking breaking. So the fact that he got power bombed through one and it broke in three spots is mind boggling. Like that looked like it hurt so fucking bad because <laughs> later on they do two spots on one table and it doesn't fucking budge. <laughs> um, basically right after that Naito's working with a cut underneath his eyelid for the whole match Dude, I don't know if anyone like, immediately. does anyone know where does anyone know where he fucking starts bleeding from later on cause like they think it, they're like is it his cheek is it his fucking ear he's like bleeding on the other half of his face later on this match it's all over the fucking place um, Jericho or Red Shoes having to work a Jericho match is probably the worst fucking job Red Shoes has ever had. He fucking berates him all the fucking time. And I know like Red Shoes has been there for a fucking minute, but he's so fucking mean to him. Like, yeah, he's just standing there with his hands <laughs> on his hips, just, just shaking his hands. He's like, like, what the fuck, dude? Um, fucking ask him, you son of a bitch. Relax, for fuck's sake, give me a minute, man. And he talks shit. Jericho puts them in the walls, and he looks at him, and he's like, he looks at the ref, and he's like, tell him to quit. Quit in the middle, motherfucker. (laughs) He's like yelling at him in this. He was the the ref for the fucking uh, Omega match, and he fucking just verbally assaults him in that, too. Like, I'm just like, I feel bad for him. Like, I know it's his job, but, like, I'm like, you don't have to be so fucking mean, dude. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with my gut and what I wrote down, and I gave it three and a quarter. I knew it. It's, yeah, it's just, I don't think that they meshed well. And Jericho's kind of on his, like, heavier run for a little bit at this time. 
And it's just, it's, yeah, it's all right. Painmaker uh, Posse, right? Uh, uh, Ethan, what you got? I'm sorry, Ethan. I just saw the whole face turn. Just uh, tell me about this match, bud. How'd you feel about it? Uh, I'm going to go quick because 6 a.m. is calling my name. Yep. Um, <sighs> so this to me was one of the last uh, really good Chris Jericho matches before he came to AEW and didn't have a great one again until he faced Eddie Kingston. Um, so the Painmaker stuff looks terrible. Jericho looks terrible here. Um, so he was already starting to get into that routine, and then he started working terrible after this. He so looks I, like he loves Avenge Seven. Oh, because <laughs> the thing about Jericho and New Japan is like, I came in for the match with Omega, and I was like, that's kind of cool. Alpha versus Omega. All right, you know, I've never really liked Chris Jericho, but I'm like, two Canadian wrestlers from different generations. Cool. The match was four stars or whatever. Good. Then he puts on makeup to face Naito. And I was just like, okay. So bar all the stupid, typical Chris Jericho stuff, the match was good. Um, Jericho actually threw some strikes that looked good for once. Um, and one of them came when he couldn't get up for the Destino. Um, and then they just decided to slap each other, which was sick. You know, I loved the fact that it worked out. Both of them are so good that they can just, you know, improvise and, Go off they, on had, that they, they had the damnedest time trying to pull off a Destino in that match, though. The and second time he was like, carry him. Was, you know, I don't want to blame anybody because I'm not a wrestler, so. Huh? Blame blame Chris. It's fine. Okay, cool. That's fine. I didn't want to <laughs> sound biased because I don't like Chris Jericho and never have, but yeah, it was his fault. Um, But <laughs> I, I still thought this was a great match. Um, Four stars from me. Um, I thought it was a great brawl. It was a Jericho style, but to me it worked. You know, I don't want to see Jericho come try and work New Japan House style because it would not yeah. be good. I just feel like they Jericho need to meet, meet more in the middle. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I just don't think – I don't care for Jericho strikes. I, I don't care for a lot of his offense. It looks like he's just stumbling around most of the time, <laughs> um, especially modern-day shit. Like, literally, dude, I can't think of a singles match he had from this point to the Eddie Kingston match he just had that I was like, dude, that was fucking great. So, truthfully, mean, this is... You mean the stadium stampede match wasn't fucking just the greatest? Dog, oh, it was this... kind of cool. I can't even lie. That match was fucking sweet. I said singles. That is fair. It was I mean, WWE Fest, me, for sure. But... The Nick Gage match, Dynamite. That was good. Like, that was good. Actually, that was good. Me. Because Jericho is one of those people that, like, yeah, that's but... not necessarily his style of a match, but he can fucking sell it to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Put Chris Jericho, put put those two guys. Tell me there's going to be fucking light tubes. Yeah. I'm going to watch Chris Jericho do a fucking lion song with light tubes. For sure. For, For sure. sure. But, um, yeah, man. Four stars. Good job, Jericho. Damn. Yeah, Damn. man, I don't know. I got to go to sleep. Let's go. Four stars. Who's next? <laughs> I, went, uh, I went three and three quarters. I liked this match a lot, though. Uh, I loved them kind of working the Jericho style because Jericho can really only feels like he can only work a handful of styles. This was probably your best bet with the story that you have. Just get outside fast, kick it into gear, lay heavy forearms into the back so the crowd in Japan will eat that shit up. And then uh, you just get your signature moves in, man. Go for Lion Salt, do the walls of Jericho, do your shit with the ref, always be talking shit. Uh, you get your dirty bullshit in the end. You get the low blow. You get a code breaker. He runs for the code breaker. It looks solid. 
there's not a whole lot that you can like pick out and be like, oh, they fucked this up or this up. Uh, the table spots were devastating. I love the pile driver on the uh, table because Jericho tries to like halfly catch himself when he realizes the table doesn't break, and he's like holding on to the guardrail. And he's pulling it back as the announcers are like pushing it forward to keep it off the yeah. table. So he's like, "Oh shit!" He's like trying to catch himself. Uh, so that's just fun. But yeah, man, that's that's all I got for this match. Four star, you said three and three quarters. Star. Three and three quarters. Patty, I went four stars. I enjoyed it. Um, off rip. I mean, it was just like it was. Literally, what you expected from this fucking match, dude. It's a Chris Jericho match through and through, the whole ass whooping and shit at the beginning, leading to the match. I mean, what, was, we went on for like five minutes before the match actually fucking started. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. Sorry. The My favorite part of this match is as soon as they get into the ring and the bell rings, Jericho immediately yeah. runs for a cover, yeah. which is exactly what the fuck you're supposed to do. And got in a, a moment, like and that. got a one count. Got a one count and was pissed. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good, man. Uh, the table spot was awesome. All the exchanges were just good. It was just you know a decent match, dude. Like I don't really have too much to add to it or take away from it. Like it's exactly what you expect. And I like it. I fucking Chris Jericho, so I was happy about it. Oh, don't say that too loud. Um, <laughs> then we have our our uh, bona fide main event. <laughs> Sorry, Ethan. Uh, we had. Uh, Kazuchika Okada taking on Kenny Omega, defending his IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Kenny Omega in a two out of three falls. Um, Kenny's pre-tape with Kota Ibushi asking what it costs to get back the title, and Kenny answering with everything, everything, as the Bullet Club logo faded a la like the Avengers, was the perfect perfect way to tell you how corny and like nerdy (laughs) Kenny Omega is, but also like incorporate the importance of Kota Ibushi's guidance to get Kenny to be inspired to go back for the title. Like, it was fucking perfect. Um, the feeling out process in the beginning of this match was great, and it truly set a tone for how the match was going to go. Um, everything was exact and precise. Like, it just fucking rocked. Um, these guys know each other best, and they showed that immediately. Uh, the attempted dive over the barricade from Okada, countered by a goddamn V-trigger from... <laughs> Hell was insane. Um, the facial expressions that Okada and Omega shared, this was 69 minutes long, I think. Um, throughout this entire thing, told the, the story. Like, I didn't need anything else. Um, Okada hits the elbow drop and does the Rainmaker pose, and then, um, uh, like, kind of thinking he was approaching the end of the first fall. And then just, uh, like, the camera pans out, the and he just panel, gets fucking oh Snapdragon. Um, was very, very sick. Um, uh, Okada, like, Okada counters a sunset roll-up, stacking Omega up for the first fall. So, Okada was up one nothing. Does anybody want to add anything, or do you want me to just go through this entire thing? Hit it. You okay. can do your own thing, because I kind of have... Sweet. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming it's right to you. Yeah. So, uh, Ibushi comes in the ring and walks Kenny down from the ledge in between those falls. Fucking good shit. Um, Kenny hits a double stomp onto Okada through the table. Like, like through a table? It was sick. Um, The poison run on the floor from Kenny was awesome. Then you get a a V-trigger to a pile driver to a one-winged angel for the second fall uh, for Kenny Omega. 
again, facial expressions were everything for me. Okada, straight up, you can watch him turn from like the cocky confidence in the beginning to straight up fear of what he's in like the ring with. And then you see Omega changing entirely from like doubting himself to like, wow, dude, I could fucking do this right now. We got and this. And it's just good shit. Um, the V Trigger Rainmaker back to back was fucking sick. Uh, wow. Just for the double down was awesome. Uh, you had the Styles Clash uh, spot that popped the crowd big. Got uh, an AJ the, Styles chant. Dude. <laughs> then you had a, a you had like, Koda come bro. up. You had Koda oh, come yeah. up on the apron and was like, "Do my shape. shit." And uh, and so you had a, a missed Phoenix Splash from uh, from Kenny, which lo- it's my favorite move ever. The Phoenix I'll talk Splash about that. Pop me every time. I'll talk about the significance of that move in my speech. But um, goddamn, the Rainmaker ex- like exhaustion spot was fucking golden where he hits it but he doesn't hit it Uh, and then your final sequence was a rainmaker another rainmaker a german counter from kenny a german a german reversal from okada a german reversal (laughs) from kenny a poison rana a dropkick counter from okada an one-winged angel counter the nastiest v-trigger of all goddamn time everything bro the camera spot on that v-trigger is flawless uh and then a one-winged angel finish is just uh, it's a masterpiece, but it's a 70 minute know, masterpiece. I want you to know that when he hits that fucking last V trigger, me and Kevin Kelly simultaneously went, Jesus, like out loud. I, uh, <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. He fucks him up. Uh, I don't think this should be debated. This is a five star match. This was, in my opinion, without thinking too heavily in it, the greatest match of all time. Uh, it's the best match ever. Um, <laughs> it's great. I loved it. Ethan, what you got? Oh, man. It's late. Um, and everyone <laughs> knows me. And if you know me, you know that I could talk about Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi for two hours straight. And we still wouldn't cover it all. Because it's one of the best stories in modern wrestling. Same with Omega Okada. Um, I think Mike detailed all the, you know, all the stuff they did in this match, you know, so I don't feel the need to go back and talk on spots, you know. We all watched it, and if you're listening to this, I'm pretty sure you've seen this match. Um, this match just meant so much and did so much. Like The reason I think the argument can be made of it being the greatest match of all time, and not that I'm saying it is, but I'm just saying, I think it's a very valid take um, that some scoff at, but th- these guys changed wrestling. Um and this story wouldn't be what it was without everything surrounding this match because this match is a story of Omega and Okada, but it's also the story of the individuals, Omega and Okada. And it's also the story of their counterparts and their relationships with their counterparts. It's just layered and layered and layered on top of the fact that these guys just had a series of, you know, four matches. Um, and this match was literally calling back to all of them. You know, there are spots in here. Um, I wrote some stuff down. I don't want to touch too much on spots. But, you know, when Omega hit the springboard crossbody over the railing to the floor, he missed that last year. And yeah, and Don Callis calls it, too. And Don's yeah. like, oh, no, Kenny, don't try this again. And yeah. then he lands it. And he's like, Kenny, you got it. Kenny, yeah. you did it. Mm-hmm. And it's um, so good. And so I want to try and keep it as short as I can because of how late it is. If you're out there or any of y'all on here ever want to talk to me about this shit, we can talk for three hours on it, but I'm going to try and keep it down. fucking truth, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ethan's involved <laughs> in this shit. He's invested, invested. So, 
it's just, you know, as someone who was watching this as it happened, this was the end of an era. Um, and this, uh, God, there's just so much to touch on. I don't know how to bring it down into one thing, truthfully. Um, Okada won the belt two years prior to this, had a two-year-long fucking championship reign that I will put down as the greatest title reign in wrestling history, and I will argue anybody on that shit. I think it was 14 matches, 13, 14 matches. Um, All bangers. And, and everything, dude. There wasn't anything less than four and a half in that whole All reign. Bangers, and he dude. built himself up. It's, he's a fucking god, you know what I mean? And Kenny, you know, he came into – and the, the fact that – the thing about this story for me is – it's about Omega and Okada, but it's just as much about Omega and Ibushi because Omega could not have done this without Kota Ibushi. But the catch is that Omega fucked Ibushi over in his title match with AJ Styles, which is why that Phoenix splash meant so much and why Ibushi went on the apron and told him to do it, even though Kenny distracted him when he was trying to hit it on AJ in 2015. Mm. So the fact that Ibushi can stand there and support his boy after his boy, you know, because you know, they were together in DDT. Obushi jumped to New Japan, became the star. Then Kenny gets his shot in New Japan, but he comes in as a bad guy. But he still fucking loves Obushi, so he can't fucking go after him. So you end up in this match where it's AJ Styles and Kota Obushi, and who's Kenny with? He's out there with AJ and the Bucks. Obushi's about to win. Omega hadn't really interfered. But when fucking Abushi gets up for that Phoenix splash, Omega goes to jump on the apron, the same exact fucking spot they did here. And it cost Ibuchi the match. Fucking Styles caught him in the clash out of the splash. Boom, bam, end of story. There's just so many little tidbits that could be broken down into this match. It is the perfect match. Um, anyone who says less is just being biased and doesn't want to admit because, you know, Laid some people on. think these guys aren't the true vision of fucking wrestling. But in modern wrestling, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega is wrestling in the modern times. Um these guys, you know, I, I could go on and on about it. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Five stars. This is pro wrestling modernized. Kenny did it. Okada did it. Abushi did it. The Bucks did it. They changed wrestling like no one has since CM Punk. End of story. And I don't know who's going to be next to do something on the level they did. They transcended countries. They transcended everything. Um, five stars. One of the greatest matches of all time. That's my piece. Cortland. Uh, <clears throat> I went five stars as well. I, you can't watch. Uh, it's two and three. It's two out of three falls, right? These boys are whooping each other's ass for how long? Did you say and, Mike? it was an hour? And, it was an hour and four minutes total. Oh, it's an hour. Four. It's an hour and four. Yeah. So they just do some of the craziest spots. And like Ethan said, all these spots have backstories. Everything means something. And that's the point of pro wrestling, right? It's that you're supposed to be telling me a story in a 20 by 20 canvas without you saying words. That's the point. And there's really, to me, there's two big things that, that stick out to me in this whole match. And it's Kenny going for the, uh, Oh, God, why can't I think of it right now? Um, One-Winged Angel? Yeah, One-Winged Angel, thank you. Uh, Goes for One-Winged Angel, and it's just constantly being countered and countered and countered. And one of the times, he just gets so fed up with him while he has him in the electric chair, and he's punching him, he's like, fuck this, throws him out and catches him in a perfect German and drops him. That is one of his signature moves, though. Yeah, and like, he's being touched. 
And then you moments later, you get another spot where there's that poison Rana on the outside, right? And then uh, Kenny goes back in the ring waiting for the rest count because he doesn't care at this point if it's by countout. That's still one one for one. Yeah. You still got one more match. No matter how I got to do it, I'll do it. And Okada comes back in at 19, and it is one of the most vicious V-triggers I have ever seen in my life. He's not even halfway up out of just sliding into the ring, and he's getting all knee and shin to the collarbone. and It looks fucking devastating, man. And the story told with Bucks coming out in the end and them embracing and Kenny pushing the belt away because the relationships he's made in wrestling means more to him than uh. the hour clinic he just put on. You know, like, it's all the little shit. And then, like, you had the Bucks embrace Kenny. And then you have Kota Abushi standing on the side, and he takes a deep breath, and he's like, fuck, I love them too. And it's just this group hug that means so much. And like Ethan said, it, it transcends one company. It transcends a company, like a country. It's yeah. beyond that. These four dudes, five, have completely redone pro wrestling to what we know it to be now. And like, yeah, a lot of people are going to hate on the young bucks for being a spot fest or like uh super 20 super kicks in one match. And like, dude, I get that. I hate things being repetitive too. If I could go a single AEW event without more than three super kicks, I'd be so ecstatic. But the reality is, is that I got to deal with them, but I will gladly deal with them. If you're putting on these fucking clinics like these, you know, I'll deal with six super mm -hmm. kicks. If one of them is you, is you catching someone out of the sky and shooting them off a springboard before you get them. And it's so crazy that all of these men are still wrestling right now. And we're getting to live it. Like, yeah, yeah people get to talk about, like, oh, I saw Rock and Austin, or I, I saw Hogan and Andre. I saw this and this. I don't give a shit. I watch the Young Bucks do shit every week that I've never seen before, bro. I don't care, <laughs> Because these it's, guys are doing it the fuck up. And I'm the first person, uh, if you've watched this podcast, I'm the first person to shit on Kenny Omega. I am 110% the first person to do it. In this match, he didn't taunt as much because it meant more. There was an urgency behind it. It felt like he knew his entire life was riding on being as serious as possible your career is cemented in this moment and he knew it and you they broke knew up it your, at the time limit draw they you broke knew. up the stable you inherited from aj styles or you didn't inherit, kicked his ass out of the shit out of his ass, but <laughs> you broke up your entire friend group for this chance you know what i mean like yeah like it it this match speaks volumes and i understand why so many other people have broken their scale for this rating because it transcends five stars you can't look at it and be like oh man it's got this and this and this and this it's got beyond all that shit mm -hmm. it's got beyond all of like the small things that make what you want a five star match to be it and goes has there beyond that shit no one has went to this level of storytelling and wrestling before, yeah, you know, and yeah. my thing about the the Austin and Rock gone. things and the this, that, and the third, the thing about Omega and Ibushi and the Bucks and, and, you know, the thing about it is 
they do silly shit sometimes, you know, and they do these video game things and they dress up sometimes. But the reason I think they're still so fucking good is because they give you everything, you know, mm-hmm. they give you the serious, they give you this, they give you that. And you feel like, you know, them so it you more invested in what they do because you've seen them in every facet of their personality. You've seen them. They feel more real. You know what I mean? Because they also believe each other. Like when the young bucks tell Kenny Omega, we're the best tag team in the world. He's not doubting that shit whatsoever. And when the young bucks tell Kenny, you're the best. He's like, thank you. He comes out with us with a sign saying best bout machine. It's just genuinely being like, yeah, I fucking know, man. It's really like not to steal Mike's gimmick. Like it's really fucking hard to be Kenny Omega. Think about the fact that we have rated a Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega match, five stars on this very podcast. And he couldn't lift him above his head. Yep. He couldn't use his arms. <laughs> like, what's going to happen when Kenny Omega comes back and he's 100% repaired with surgeries? Just ascending like, to a different level. We could go on hours about it. Here. Here's my truth. I'm excited. I'm excited for once for Kenny Omega's return. Like, you don't realize how good you have it until something is gone. Yep. That was and the like, last thing I was going to say. Unless it's Cody. You know, Oh, yeah. Except I, feel for like, I feel like a lot of times right on. Um, we all take for granted, not speaking for anyone else, but just generally, you know, I feel like sometimes we take for granted what we have had in front of us for the past, so let's just say six years with like Omega and the Bucks because, man, every week, man, on TV, fucking like when Kenny was champ, dude, he was having death matches on weekends on Impact, then he was going here. And yeah. then the story aspect of it, anyways. I, I, I won't talk anymore. And like, it's more than just like, just like one company or two companies or him just being in one country doing it. He's going to AAA Mexico. He's in New Japan. He's coming to America. He's going to that company in America, working a different style than them. And he's going to this company to work with whoever the fuck they're deciding to bring in from all over the place. Because impacts the person that's like anybody and everybody. Fuck it. Who cares? I don't even care if you're not white. Hinting why Tommy Dreamer still has a job. Sorry. It's a five-star match. What do you mean, what did I get? It's nuts. It's a five-star match, man. Um, You know, when we were talking about this match, we were talking about doing this pay-per-view last week, and the literal Mike literally looking at me and saying, the greatest match you've ever seen. I literally watched it as soon as we got done with the pod, and I stayed up till fucking one o'clock in the morning watching that. Probably one thirty watching that, and it's just like I watched it on my fucking phone as well. And it's just like, dude, it's it's something crazy when you can transcend time. When you can watch something, you real and you don't even realize how long you're watching it. Like I, when I was done with, it, I didn't realize I there for an hour and watched this fucking match. Yeah. It was just amazing from beginning to end you can't really take anything away from it at all like it's i said we watched it back today and i literally said at the end of the match it was like i'm not gonna say it's the greatest match of all time but i can't find one better like i can't you can't put much next to that shit man so you know you guys have touched on basically everything that's happened in this match and all the good points and i'm not gonna sit here and add to the kenny kenny omega suck fest even though i do fucking love kenny omega but um dude this is great this is fucking great um, I'm glad that we did this pay per view. Uh, like, <laughs> it fucking rocks, dude. Uh, I have one last note. Last thing I say, uh, 
they said that all in this is my exact quote they said that all in is a love letter to pro wrestling fuck that this match is a love letter yep. to pro wrestling yep. oh, yeah yeah yep. man and that's all i gotta say about it it's like yep. if if you're even a casual fan if you want to get someone to enjoy pro wrestling yeah, bro. turn on this match out of doubt they'll realize they just watched an hour long wrestling match and and i can't tell you and mike can attest to this mike how many people have i sent links to the omega bushi story or the omega buck story and they don't watch wrestling dude you've gone and they'll be like like and they like it they're like wow this is actually cool because most people think of wrestling they just think of the same corny shit that's always been going they're like wait this is like modernized characters with like actual stuff that's you know it feels real yeah i was like legitimately concerned halfway through this match I popped when Red Shoes sat down because he was so fucking tired. Yeah. Like, it was just like, ugh, God. Greatness. He Red sat Shoes. down to check on Okada. He's like, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. I want you to give me what the fuck I want. Okay, listen. I'm the only person that's not given a five-star match on this podcast. If you don't give five stars here, Casey, listen. My God. fucking complaint is, is that I have to give this five stars, and I feel like, objectively speaking, we all fucking love the match. It can't not go five stars. I just don't want it to be my first. So listen, <laughs> it's going five stars. I'm just saying it's going five stars, but nothing else has been better than it. Okay, it's just not nothing we've watched has been better. You had all the opportunity in the world with two Taz Bam Bam matches. We've given you this. They're not five star matches. I don't give a fuck, well, dude. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. Here's this, man. If we at doing this podcast find a match better than this match, I'll ha- I'm gonna owe y'all something. Well, that's a, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, un- uh, unfortunately for my streak of being the most cynical bastard here, this match is fucking perfect. It is five yeah. stars. I hate the fact that Dave had to ruin it and give it fucking seven. Corny What's bastard. the point of having a fucking? Mm, never mind. Anyways, you guys. I would say you, this: if you're gonna break that scale, do it one time for this match. One time. That's it. It's transcendent. I will say because you guys have touched on every spot, callback, all of those things. It. What really sends this into overdrive is the is the shit that they didn't pay to have happen. You have back and forth chance of Omega and Okada in the first fall. In the second fall, it is fucking the silence is fucking creepy with just pockets of what, of, of what sound like just like groups of girls like desperately crying for Kenny. The, the whole the whole thirty minutes of that second fall, and then you've got fucking in the two minute rest period, Okada lays fucking motionless for two minutes. Bro, he has a fucking welt on the side of his face as the fucking. fucking it's just an imprint. Must, it's just an imprint. Kenny does not give a fuck, and that is what's so. Well, great. And, but it's like One you've got. Thing. In this point, the smirk on Okada's face after he gets up after that two minute period, yeah. he's like, <laughs> "Well, because he's, he's, he's cocky, bro. Well, he's he's, he's laying there the whole time, but then he's getting up and he he's got Gato fucking holding off as long as he fucking can to give to give Okada just just two more seconds of rest, 
once again, he's got a fucking, he's got Kenny's knee pad is, is printed onto the side of his chin. Like, that's how many times yeah, he's taken a V-trigger to the face at this point. Like, it's all of the little things in this on top of the fact that, yeah, we had fucking, we had counter after counter of all these things. And, yeah, you've got the Okada but, can't. Like, the counter means something. I know. I, what I'm saying is you have Okada all these perfect moments, but then you but have. There's so many times where it's just like, oh, I'm reverse your finisher. But, yeah. like, to, to this and to Don Callis' call and to his point, Okada has never. Kicked out of the one-winged angel. No one has. You no know, one, at the time, I don't it's, one the most, it's one of the most. Yeah. Protected it's one of the most. It's one of the most protected um, moments. It's one of the most protected moves. So, it's so cool because it's like Don's just calling it a hundred percent. Like Okada, you're one of the best in the world. But if you land on your head from this move, you're getting a three yeah. count. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that point in the match where he kept trying to hit it and it was just like reversal after reversal, literally yeah. because they were so fucking tired they couldn't lift each other up. But, oh, God, but then it's <laughs> also just like, and obviously people didn't know some of it until after it already happens, but once again you have Kenny becomes the face of New Japan. You have Okada goes fucking just cuckoo bananas dyes his hair red he has a balloon and shit it's all weird as fuck but like it's like that's what this match meant to both of them yeah. it's like literally okada loses and he basically has nothing like like, like it's like, it just literally changed everything for so many people so it's like yeah of course it's a fucking five-star match like yeah don Callis's call at the end is one of the best things yeah. in the world where he's just screaming, even after the three count, for Kenny to hook the leg. <laughs> I he was so yeah. invested. That's all he. Don't give a about. fuck. <laughs> hook that oh, leg. It's, it's so good. Yeah. Good way to end yeah, a four-hour and fifty-four-minute match or pay-per-view. Wow. Jesus Christ! Let's close this one out, boys. I got. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, uh, for everybody here at the Up and Over Podcast, for Cortland, for Pat, for Casey, for Ethan, for myself. Um, UpandOverPodcast.com for all your Up and Over Podcast merchandise. We'll see you guys back here next week. Have a good one.